It's Star Weeps with Harrison and Molly. Here's, here's the problem with just like putting on Christmas radio, though. Mm-hmm. I, I am recording now, by the way, so we're okay. on, this is on the record. Yeah. I'm going on the record saying this. But like when you just put on Christmas radio and you're like, I want to listen to Christmas music. It's like most Christmas songs are good. But then you'll just get the random hymnals that pop up and you're like, Ah, if I have to hear Silent Night one more time in my mind, I don't. I don't want to hear it. Silent Night sucks. It's not a good Christmas song. (laughs) It's not fun. That's why I don't do the radio. I have my own playlist that I've just been adding to like over the years. I have my own like Spotify Christmas playlist that I'm like, these are Harrison's Christmas jams. This is what I'm rocking out to this year Mm -hmm. in the season of giving. Yes. Yes. And some of some of them are like sometimes it depends on what mood you're in. Like I have all of them. Like I have the slow ones and the fast ones. So if I'm like sit listening to music and then like you know um Leslie Odom Jr's really really slow version of I'll Be Home for Christmas Christmas comes on and I'm like Leslie I love nothing more than to listen to you sing cuz your voice is like an angel singing but <laughs> I can't I I don't, I'm not in the mood for this slow song right no. now. I want to listen to some upbeat pentatonics, you know. <laughs> Have you listened to the rest of the Reliant K Christmas album? Oh yet? no, I have. Oh haven't my yet. god, it's th- so that good. That should go on my It's so Christmas emo. Playlist, though. It's so emo, but it's so great. I, yeah, <laughs> it's emo so Christmas. angsty. Well, I have a there's an all time low Christmas song that I have on my. I think playlist. I've heard that. It's called "Merry Christmas, Kiss My Ass." Yes, I've heard that it's one. I have, I have so... heard that one. It's from isn't it from the Punk Goes Christmas album? Maybe? I don't know the album cover that it like that it has is there. Um, ooh, I don't know which album. It's just like the album cover. Whenever I listen to it, is just from like one of their albums. Oh, okay. So I don't know if they just released it on a regular album also, or if that's like it's like a deluxe edition kind of thing. That might be it. Well, there's like there are uh, albums called like Punk Goes Something. Have you yeah, heard those? No, okay. I've heard of those yeah, yeah, they're amazing. I think there's a Christmas one. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I'm I just mean, misremembering a bunch of various punk artists just doing Christmas maybe songs. Maybe it's a Spotify playlist. Yeah, or, or maybe it's a Spotify thing or like a Pandora radio type thing. Who knows? But like, I mean, regardless, it sounds delightful. Yeah, I just don't like it when it's just like Silent Night. Just See, like, and comes that's up. why I'm gonna bring it back to Pentatonics because they drop in some of the like churchy songs and they like they but they like they like level it up like and also like i appreciate it because like uh like whenever i like had to go to church as a kid like the one little like solace was like some of the songs are bops dude some are (laughs) and so and like i liked singing what child is this is a good christmas song that was one that we didn't sing ever. Really? It's yeah. actually pretty Cause, cool. Because no, because you know, like every like every church has their like rotation of songs. So there's mm-hmm. the ones that you know. So like if I were talking to my like friends who grew up Catholic in college or whatever, and I was like, do you know On Eagle's Wings? Oh my God. Dude, slaps. fucking bop, dude. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we never saw, saw, sang that one. And they're like, do you know uh, Mary's Little Child? And I'm like, I never heard of that. I don't <laughs> know what that is. Mary's Little Child <laughs> runs around, wears diapies, <laughs> makes boom boom in his pants. <laughs> During the like regular part of the, this is just like the growing up Catholic podcast now, but like <laughs> during the regular parts of the year when I had to go to church, I would like flip through the song book to just read through the Christmas songs because I was like, man, I wish we were singing Christmas songs right now. So yep. I like, I like this the churchy Christmas songs, <laughs> and then Pentatonix does that. But then they're like, hark the Herod- Herald Angels sing, but like make it like R and B or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> And it's fun. <laughs> well, you know, you know when we probably went to church a lot 
as, as kids in our mm-hmm. in our lifetime. The year 2003. Oh, yes. That's probably when we were going to church very frequently. I probably went, yeah, uh, that, there, that was every Sunday yeah. in 2003. But you know what? what after, after that, you know, I would always want to come home after going to church in the year 2003, the year of our Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and I would be, I can't wait to watch... The Clone Wars 2D animated specials that are airing on Cartoon Network Woo-hoo! as commercials five minutes at a time. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Great segue. I love that. That's what we call a segue. <laughs> that's what we're going to be talking about today. On yeah. our, that's our topic of discussion. Yeah, today so it's yeah. 2003 day. I mean, I wouldn't have come home from church and watched <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist because that would have been a little too much. Well, I also watched these for the first time on DVD, not actually on yeah. TV. I watched them on DVD. I think around when Revenge of the Sith came out. Like, I think they released on DVD, like, around that time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, welcome to the 2003 episode. Yeah, Um, purely by accident. We both just made each other watch things that we didn't realize were from 2003. But you know what? Lean into it. Yeah, like, get ready for your mom to give you your lunch. You're waiting for the bus. Uh, you're seven years old. Britney Spears I'm seven years old. Uh, is uh, full on in her conservatorship, but is still churning out bops. Yeah. You know? Uh, what else happened in 2003? Good question. Bush was president, right? Everything that I remember from my childhood is like firmly rooted in the year 2007. Don't ask me why. 2009. 2009. Like, I truly feel like there's a, there's a culture that started in 2008. The, the trends of the 90s and stuff ended like in a little late. In like 2008, you know, mm-hmm. like when Iron Man, specifically Iron Man and Dark Knight came out, <laughs> I feel like those movies then started like changing culture because like that's just kind of been the template going forward. Like it's all just been variations of like shit that happened in 2008. You know what? Fair. In terms of content, yeah. I guess. Like all those like superhero tropes like and movies when it, even like Star Wars, like I would say that like that has fundamentally changed since 2008. Maybe that's a stupid I thing. It. I can't no, really pinpoint anything. I, I just, this thought just came to my head right now. I don't have a ton of evidence to back this up, but I will one day. <laughs> Two thousand eight changed everything. <laughs> just you wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a paper and get it peer reviewed. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So fun, exciting episode. So, yeah. Two thousand three. What's up? <laughs> Two thousand three. All right. I want to jump into our Marvel minute because I'm so excited. Speaking of superhero movies and mm-hmm. everything, I was just talking about mm-hmm. the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer just dropped uh, a couple days ago uh, as of recording this uh, this podcast, and oh my god, I feel joy and also anger <laughs> and also a little bit of uneasiness and skepticism mm-hmm. but excitement at the same time take me through your emotions as you were watching the trailer i'm just imagining <laughs> your face journey as you were doing this uh so it started off uh it was it was a little bit of like you know the whole you, you really botched that spell we started getting visitors from other universes and i was like "Ooh, dr strange tell me more please <laughs> enlighten me with this i want to be showered with your knowledge of what multiverses are out there <laughs> x-men x-men <laughs> Please, Fantastic Four, get Jessica Alba back. <laughs> Bring Chris Evans back. Do it. Just don't don't mention it. Don't talk about it. The only They're one like, that notices it is Peter. Is no, Peter. no, no. He's like, you look so much like Captain America. Like, make him lose weight. Make him slim down more. Like, he loses muscle mass to, like, fit that, like, mid-2000s vibe. And then Bucky shows up for whatever reason. He's like, I don't see it. <laughs> Like, are you telling me you don't think that looks like Steve Rogers? And then Bucky's like, I think I would know Steve yeah, Rogers. Yeah, come on, dude. Like, like, no, that's not Steve Rogers. That's not Steve. <laughs> and Chris is like, yeah, dude. 
Human Torch. Who's the Steve that you talk? Oh my God! They get Michael B. Jordan to come back too. But anyway, so he says we get uh we, we're getting visitors, whatever. You know, we see like cuts to all the villains, but then we see that Doc Ock might actually be a good guy in this. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's beaten up Peter a little bit, but it seems that. Once he realizes that this isn't right, something's going on here. We, he's like, uh, you're not my Peter. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're not Peter. So, uh, but then later he's telling everyone, like, it seems like, like he's kind of teaming up with them, uh, telling them, like, how to defeat all the villains. And you see him, like, actually get blasted by an electroshock in the trailer. So it's like, ooh, he's actually probably on their side. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole time, of course, I'm just sitting on the edge of my seat, like, where are Toby and Andrew? Where are they? Where are they? Because, no, you know what, bitch? Andrew has been like, nah, nah, nah. But this trailer in my head confirmed that he's involved in some way. Like, because of the MJ shot, I'm like, bitch, if he's not in here, like, you're, like, he has to be with the parallels to to the Gwen Stacy death scene. Like, you have a point there. Stop yanking my chain. Yeah. Like, he has to be involved in some way. It's a, it's a, like, of that moment, of course, in comic books is like famous, but. It was made more famous, and now everyone knows that. And like that scene was shot in a very specific way, and they completely in Amazing Spider-Man it. too. And they just redid it for yeah. the tra- like in this trailer. It seems mm-hmm. to be very, very similar. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's definitely. A it's call like back they know what they're movie, doing. If they're if they're yanking our chain, they know what they're doing, and I'm going to be very disappointed. This is like some, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, like <laughs> but the final act though, it, what it looks like the final act with the Sandman battle, the mm-hmm. uh, lizard battle, and what electro they're on like all this scaffolding yeah yeah yeah. which is like what the leaked images of toby or of andrew was like remember that video and like everyone's like is this a deep fake it's straight up just andrew in the spider-man suit and he's saying words and people have read his lips to say so you have like web blood oh like that's what he's saying so I haven't. Have I like didn't see that i didn't see that you didn't see that no and people are like analyzing it like trying to be like is this a deep fake like is it and like these VFX artists that I follow on YouTube, they do like these channels breaking down VFX shots, mm-hmm. uh, corridor digital. Not that they need our shout out or anything; they're way bigger than we'll ever be. Um, but, but they hey, were like, maybe you let one person that didn't know about yeah, them. Yeah, true. Know about them. They have really like good me, stuff. I didn't know about. Yeah, them, yeah. No, if I you did. are interested at all in VFX, like check them out. They're really great, and it'll just satisfy your curiosity. But they were talking about it and breaking it down. They know <laughs> the technology very well. So, and they were like saying everything you see here is like totally legit they're like there are reflections in his eyes specifically that are like impossible to recreate um they're like his hair is just like it's just it's too too real well not not (laughs) yeah it's not it's like it's so there are things in his hair that like you can't fake some of this stuff this is so weird but they said like the way deep fake technically works is it's kind of just like an amalgamation of a ton of different photos all meshed together and like algorithmized but since those are different, like, you can tell from, like, the whiteness of the teeth and the wetness of their tongue being, like, inconsistent. Oh, like, when you see that. And I they see. said with Andrew, he just so happened to, like, have his mouth open so much for that shot. They're like, there's no way a computer could recreate that mm-hmm. to this, like, pinpointed perfection. Oh, that's really interesting. So, okay, I'm really getting down on a deep conspiracy rabbit no, hole that's with fine. this right now. No, I mean, I'm right there with you. Like, when I saw, because I was, I'm not on Twitter, so I didn't find out about it right when it dropped. And I was on TikTok for a while, and I saw one person making a TikTok. Maybe it was related because they had just seen the trailer, but they were like, 
oh my gosh, it'd be so great if MJ is falling and then like we see the recreation of the shot and like Tom Holland's Peter is like right about to reach her and like we're not sure if it's going to make it and then she gets caught. But then it's Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man that did it and he's like redeeming himself and he's like, hey, like I wasn't able to save Gwen, but I saved this MJ or whatever. But also like and it was completely unrelated. In that unrelated. scenario, like, he wouldn't really know. Like, probably he probably wouldn't know that like there are other Spider Men out there. So he sees two people falling, and he just decides. He's to like, save I one gotta of them. do something about that. Like, no, he just saves one of them. Like Peter's like going right after him. Oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, ah, fuck I'm you! Like, I'm gonna let you die. Guy. I'm gonna he save looks the like girl. He's got his shit together. It's fine. <laughs> but like, sh- like the person he's in that got video- a spider on his back. I guess he's got- he knows what's going on. He's like, he gets he understands the assignment. Um. So we'll I'm see. I'm right there with you on the conspiracy. Theories. Oh, and then also the lizard getting punched in the Brazilian. Oh country. yeah, by nothing. <laughs> Which like, I honestly I'm like, did Sony do that on purpose? Like, cause everything. Like, I mean, all they had to do was just dub it. Like, why would they have to redo VFX shots for other things? Yeah, I mean, so it's, I'm like, like they totally might like have left that in on purpose. Like they hadn't cut everything together, but like it's like Marvel. You don't like just because it's like some international studio doesn't mean they're gonna be like looser. With their regulations and their checks and balances for yeah. stuff, so like I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they were just like, why don't we give them this little breadcrumb for them? To yeah, like that, I honestly think something. that they might have done that. I think that like that Brazilian thing, they're like, look, they, it's literally like a like a, it's an Easter egg hunt. It's a scavenger hunt. Because like, it's, Mar- it's Marvel. They it's not like some random gonna... small studio that can't keep tabs on everything. Like, of course they have tabs on everything. Yeah, like, absolutely. If- those social media interns are being worked to the bone. They're working 23 hours a day. Like They're trying <laughs> to seem relatable. And then it's past the time where that's something that they can get away with. Because now everyone is just so... <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's is like, haha, do you think we're funny and relatable? And it's like, shut up, man. Wendy's, I will never eat at your store again. Stop being cringy. If you keep cringy. doing this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn me off your social more. media is bl- tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> Oh man! The other conspiracy did the room theory. Come out? Did the room come out in two thousand three? Oh my god! I think it did. <laughs> I think the room came out in two thousand three. Oh my god! It did. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. That's what we call a roundabout. I thought it was two thousand one. That's call so call. funny. Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just made the best reference of all time. That's so great. All right. Well, thank episode. you guys for tuning into the last episode anyway, of our podcast. We'll Going out this. on a high. <laughs> I am never coming back on the show again. Peace. <laughs> it's been real. It's been real. We made it 10 episodes. Yep. <laughs> what yep. more can you ten, want? Ten. <laughs> Toby and Andrew, I, I was mad that they weren't in the trailer in the first place. And he says... Yeah, no, but that's a, I don't think they can at this point because it's like, they're all like, you know, and we know we're not going to give you the satisfaction of the like, we're not going to give the resolution to this until your butt is in that theater. Yeah, See. it just sucks for Andrew Garfield right now because he's doing all this press for Tick, Tick, Boom right now, which apparently is a pretty good movie. Mm. But everyone's just like, so tell us about this Spider-Man movie that you're definitely in. And he's like, guys, I just want to talk about my other he's movie. Like, I'm not in it. Guys, They're like, and then Tobey Maguire's doing absolutely nothing. Like there's actually a, sh- like, a paparazzi photo of him like holding the poster for No Way Home. <laughs> everyone's like, why is he getting off so easy? This fucking guy. It's, go promote yeah. Seabiscuit again, Toby. <laughs> it's just really funny. Go, like, go promote Brothers, that horror movie that might have been a thriller that no one watched. <laughs> they want ever. They want all of the Spider-Mans to be Tom Holland, where he's like, Tom Holland is awful at keeping Marvel secrets. What? What if like what but if like, Toby and Andrew at, both like swoop Andrew- in, in the movie and they just go, Hello! <laughs> it's me! It's me. Oh, we're, we're 
both Spider-Man. <laughs> We're Spider-Man. Wait, I just realized there are two British Spider-Man. Yeah, dude. They want Andrew Garfield to be like Tom Holland where he lets it slip, but he's like holding he's like holding his ground and everyone's like, come on, dude, we know. And he's just like, no, I'm not in that movie. <laughs> I just want to promote Tick Tick Boom, guys. I just want to do our art our tour films. I don't want to focus do on what's happening right now. Oh man. Uh, okay. Last thing I'm going to say about this. Okay. The la- uh, so the, like the last shot, like, cause it does the whole like title card thing. And then they always do some kind of like little reveal after the title card. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of how trailers go. Um, and in this one, it was Dr. Strange being like, it's true. Like I can't, I can't do it. I can't keep them from coming through. And everyone's like, Oh, he's probably talking about the other Spider-Man. Right. But I saw a TikTok today and some guy was, uh, his theory was, and I kind of think this might be true. What Doctor Strange, I think, is like he's talking about there, and like from this TikTok video, I totally buy this theory. I think it's true. Is like that it's other universes that are basically going to mesh into this universe and sort of make an amalgamation of all the different properties. I think this is a big step. I think a Spider-Man movie is the best place to do something like this because everyone's going to see a Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's going to see this. It's going to make so much money. It's going to be probably the biggest There's a reason there've been three movie. Spider-Mans because yeah. they always get butts and seats. Truly. And I think this is probably going to be the biggest movie since the pandemic started, like easily. Easily. Biggest movie since Endgame. Like there it has to be. No, and I think it's like and, I've been I've been saying yeah. this cuz it's going to send up Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and then that's going to be like Captain America Civil War was where it's like it's not an Avengers movie but it's, but an, it's, Avengers a, it's movie. an Avengers movie like yeah. everyone's going to be in it because we already have like Wanda and Shang-Chi are already confirmed wait Shang-Chi's going to be in it? well they, Simu? Simu's yeah, going to well, be in it? No. Has, am I the only one who's seen Shang-Chi? No, I'm just kidding like at the end of the movie like him and Aquafina get like, like, yeah, like warped Wong, away by Wong, Wong. so yeah. like they're like we need to talk to you so i'm like okay so wong is obviously going to be in the doctor strange movie maybe so, so is shang chi and and his and aquafina what's her name i don't know the character's name like that hints that they're going to be in that and wanda is uh, has already been confirmed and like from what i can suspect probably spider-man too because he's just around <laughs> like, maybe. oh loki was also confirmed to be in it as well right because yeah. he did all the stuff with his show and he's just gonna show up and be like guys i need help <laughs> and they're guys. like aren't you dead and they're like I, I, don't worry about it like we gotta get <laughs> Loki, help me! I mean, My alternate I self. I'm a British Tom. I am British Tom's unite. Sorry, guys. I, I, I had to do it. That's it's, fine. it's that is it. Yeah, it's fine. Yep, yep, yep. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. December, that's, that's whatever. The news can't for today, come guys. Soon <laughs> December cannot come soon enough. I'm going to just, I'm going to just vomit in the middle of theater. <laughs> I'm going to see Toby and Andrew come up and I'm just going to go Bleh! <laughs> like a kid who eats too much birthday cake at a party and Wait, just can't the, contain himself. Are we going to go to the premiere? It's going to be like full again. It's going to be like end game levels of hype again. That'd oh, probably. That'd be so sick. Yeah. Okay. I have to, I have to go on like the premiere. Dude. Yeah. Oh, I'm going the day, the earliest, like I can get tickets. I'm getting, I think we can get tickets now, right? Fuck. I got to get them. It comes <laughs> out in less than a month now. Yeah. Less than a month. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Disney, take my first board. <laughs> you can have him. Just get Toby and Andrew in here. <laughs> That's the end of our news, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really cover much current events because this Just trailer <laughs> this trailer has taken up so much mental real estate yeah. the past couple days. Oh no, I'm just so, uh, like I have to I have to forget about it sometimes. Otherwise I just will just I'll just be really impatient and want it to hurry up. Like yeah. every time I see it, I'm like, oh my god, it's not December yet. So I have to like not think about yeah. it for a bit so yeah. that I can just go on with my day. 
So we are throwing it back to 2003 accidentally. Mm-hmm. So we, the theme for this episode is kind of like combat and like fighting and world and the use of powers and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of like what I wanted to deep dive into today. And we both just happened to pick things that were in 2003. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of both of those things now. Yes. <laughs> yep. Nonsensical, but you know what? <laughs> Whatever. It's great. <laughs> it's a weird theme. Great combat and fighting from 2003. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so I made you watch, like I said at the top, the 2D animated Clone Wars series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made you watch the original Full Metal Alchemist anime from 2003. The one that so good. deviates from the manga. It, and This one deviates. It does. Okay. But so just to rehash again, there's the manga Full Metal Alchemist, there's the anime from 2003 Full Metal Alchemist, and then there's the anime from 2009 Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. The 2003 anime... You know what? what? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood coming out in 2009 only enhances my point that 2008 was a year of like reboots and making oh, things gritty and real. Shit. Boom. More evidence right there. You're right, you're right. Bringing it back. Because Full Metal Alchemist 2003 is the sillier one. So just to reiterate the background, they started making the anime in 2002 probably because it came out in 2003. Um, but the manga was still running. Like it, was, it wasn't finished yet. And when they were working with the author of the manga, she was like, hey, what if like crazy idea what if you guys just kind of like wrote your own story and like i can help out with like characterization and stuff but like i'm not gonna step in and you guys can come up to like whatever conclusion you want it like in fact i want it to be different from the manga so if you guys go on a wild weird direction that's great so that's what happened in the 2003 anime so the ending is like wildly different from the manga and then the 2009 show like perfectly adheres to the manga and has the same ending as the manga so that's that's the one that you're watching but i like i like that because then then that means if and when i finish 2003 Mm -hmm. i can go back and watch the 2009 one then Mm -hmm. and still get like and still be like enthralled in the same universe that i'm like i like already and that is cool and fun but then get a new story from it yeah and like and still be like surprised along the way and like Mm -hmm. be watching new stuff and that's why I wanted you to watch this one first because I've had people just watch Brotherhood first because as a person who's seen both of them and watched them in the be- in the right order, I just like Brotherhood better. So I'm always like, just get to Brotherhood already. But like, I feel like that's doing them a disservice because in the first few episodes of Brotherhood, like the same events that happen, there are like similar. There are events that happens also in the 2003 show, but like a lot more truncated. So. If you're just watching that, you're like, oh, like this happens to this character, but like I didn't spend that much time with them, so I don't care that much. But things are a lot more drawn out. There's like a there's like an element of the 2003 series where there was kind of like, uh, like an episodic where like like a bad guy of the week for a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, I'm kind of I could already start to see that trend and a little bit. It's a it's a good it's a very good version of that though. I will say. Yeah, and then it's after not like just Scooby Doo villain. Like the next um couple of episodes where I let left you off are like like it let's i don't know the exact but like something that happens over the course of like six episodes in 2003 happens in one episode in the 2009 show because they're like you've seen this already we're just gonna show it to you and be like yeah that happens in this universe too and then we're gonna move on to the new stuff and that happens with a couple of things so the 2003 series is like a lot better at like showing you like longer drawn out characterization and so like you get to know the characters a lot more in depth where 2009 just kind of like throws it in like throws you into it and it's like you know who this is you know ad and al 
you know Mustang, you know all these characters, like you know how they act. So we're just going to show you them in these scenarios that you've already kind of seen them in and then new ones. So like for the stuff that happens in Brotherhood to like have the emotional impact that it should, you need to have seen the original series because you have all of that characterization that's like now missing in the 2009 show because they didn't want to just like rehash stuff that you've already seen. It's a lot of anime to watch, especially when stuff is doubled up, but I highly recommend watching the 2003 series and then the 2009 one. Well, I did watch the 2003 series. Not all of it, but the first five episodes. Some of it. Um, And I texted you when I was done watching them like, okay, I really like this. This is really good. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll, I'll get into it a little bit. Uh, we'll start with just the first episode establishes in like the intro is basically showing um, Edward and Alphonse, who are brothers. They are 10 and 11 years old uh, and they are doing some alchemy stuff. I knew kind of what was going on because you had told me earlier and previously like what the scenario was. But if this is your first time watching it, you probably are like, what is this and what happened? <laughs> so they're doing some kind of spell. You can tell they're, it looks like a satanic ritual, but it's just alchemy because it's called it Full Metal Alchemist. You know, it's, you know it's alchemy if it's called it's Full Metal Alchemist. Science. It's science, bitch. So they're doing some alchemy and basically something goes horribly wrong. You don't really know what they're doing, why they're doing it or whatever. And then it's you just see that Alphonse see is uh, completely gone. His clothes are just on the ground and his body is nowhere to be seen. Uh, and Edward has just, there's this gruesome shot of his leg just being severed off. And his arm is also missing too. And then basically like from the, the dust and the ashes and the smoke arises this horrible monster figure with like an upside down head and like these glowing eyes and it's just like yeah it's not good not good at all there's lots of uh, body then, horror in yeah. full metal alchemist yeah trigger warning i i do not like body horror so that's why i'm like kind of scared to continue the show i'm like that icks me out i don't like it yeah yeah i'm not a big fan of body horror stuff but it's, it's but it, like, it doesn't seem like it's too consistent there are two very distinct tones in this show i will say yeah it really I'll get into that a little bit later. Like I'll I be said, like in my review the one. Yeah. yeah, it starts off with that. We basically like flash forward about uh, four years into the future. Um, and we see that Edward and Alphonse are kind of like off on their own. So after this happened, Alphonse's body was lost. It's basically, we see that somehow he's in this giant suit of armor now. Mm-hmm. And we don't really get the specifics as to why at this point, but he's just in a big suit of armor. Don't worry about it. He's a sentient suit of armor. <laughs> Just living about, doing his thing, being a big old Just a 14 boy. year old. 14 year old kid in a suit of armor. Yeah, so they're 14 and 15. But Alphonse, his body isn't there. The it's a hollow is, suit of armor. Yes. That he's, is not in, he's in the armor, but he's not in the armor. Yes. <laughs> so Edward is 15, Alphonse is 14, mm-hmm. and uh, they're basically wandering around looking for something, kind of looking for power. We don't really see what it is they're searching for. They don't tell us right away, but they wander up uh, onto this desert town that has living prosperously. They're wealthy. They're well fed. They, they have, have a water wine fountain. Yeah, they have a water fountain in the middle of a desert. Like that's, that's a wine. pretty big deal. They have a wine fountain in the middle of the desert. Oh yeah, yeah. So like these people are living lavishly. They have very comfortable lives that they are leading right now. Uh, and it's basically just through talking to the townspeople, they realize the source of this prosperity really comes from the town's uh, head priest, uh, whose father Cornello. Mm-hmm. They say that he performs miracles. You know, he's blessing all of us with his presence, and he's like the servant of God. All this stuff. The two brothers go to see a, a miracle performance and can immediately identify, like, oh yeah, this guy's just using alchemy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just science. Like, he's just using alchemy. But they are like, 
how is he doing this without transmutation circles though? Because like the way they've been doing alchemy and the only ways you've seen it so far has been drawing a circle in the ground, like putting the parts that you need to create whatever it is you're trying to create. They have to be like equal to it, add up to it, and then kind of just zap it, and then it turns into whatever you want it to be. Yeah, and then like you said, he's ignoring the lo- the so law of yes. equivalent exchange. So he's like making something bigger out of something small, and you're not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. So they're like, what's going on here? And they basically see on his hand is a little ring, a little mm-hmm. ruby looking ring. And they're like, hmm, that's interesting. Now that's funny. Now that's mm-hmm. that's intriguing. We might want that. Ooh, all of a sudden now we're starting to get some of their motivation. Do they want that thing? Do they want that for themselves? Do they want to harness their power? Do they want to wreak havoc across the world? Or do they just want to get their body parts back? They want to get their body parts back. That's what they want. <laughs> get my body back. <laughs> bring my body back um so they confront they confront the priest and you know there's like the whole sub subplot with rose i'm not really going to get into it but it's, we basically yeah. yeah basically just serves it like you can't do uh, that whole subplot with rose and like her wanting to get her dead boyfriend back is all just being like you can't do alchemy on people because it don't work so good mm-hmm. and sometimes they turn into birds if you do it yeah like <laughs> basic it's just like it's like a driver for like ed and al to see someone who was where they were and to be yeah. like, hey, I've Don't been do there. It. Don't do it. This is what happens when it goes bad, which it always does. So just stop yeah. and move on with your life. Basically, they they do eventually confess to to Rose and to the priest, like throughout their confrontation, that you know Ed lost his leg, uh, and Alphonse lost his whole body because they were trying to bring their mom back from the dead, and that's kind of what the creature was that came up at the end. It was like this terrible, horrible you know abomination perverted mess of Mm -hmm. their like what their mom was and they were like we can't you know you're you're not supposed to be able to perform alchemy on people don't do it because this is what the cost is ed was able to put alphonse's soul into this giant suit of armor so that he wasn't like dead dead forever uh but he's like kind of mostly dead now that i think about it he's like sort of dead yeah like you can't get that body back right like there's no way his body well the way that it works is different in the two anime and i'm not gonna spoil it all right we won't get into that here we won't get into that here uh but basically it's just his soul is bonded to the suit of armor and no one at this point knows what happened to his body yeah so basically through confronting the priest you know the priest is like haha i'm actually gonna just use i'm using this sorcerer's stone or sorcerer's stone philosopher's stone it's not the sorcerer's stone (laughs) yeah there's no such thing as a sorcerer's stone i don't know why they made that for the harry potter thing because it's just it's the philosopher's stone is like a thing that exists like it like back in medieval times or whatever it was like a like literally like an alchemical like thing that people thought might exist when they were still like science wasn't super sciencey yet (laughs) it's like it's like a real concept from real life stuff and so i don't know why they ever made it the sorcerer's stone this is such a side tangent but i watched i watched a a series it was like the beginning of a series with with julia and uh, it wasn't outlander it was some show about like maybe it was outlander i don't know it was something about time travel and like that sounds like outlander maybe it was yeah and it's about this nurse from like the 1920s that goes back to like the 1700s and like yeah. yeah, in like Scotland, and she like is able to like like she's like has all these like you know she's a nurse in the nineteen in the nineteen hundreds, and she goes back and is like helping to treat all these soldiers in a war, and they're like, wow, like how you know so much, like you're so smart, like we need to keep you around or whatever. This is only like the first episode that I watched, mm-hmm. but I was like, you went from the nineteen twenties to like two hundred years prior. That's not a lot of like 
technological advancement, honestly. Like, the only thing we got better at was killing people. Like, medicine really didn't improve that much over those 200 years. Like, not not as much as it has since the 1920s to now. Right. You know? like. But it's still, like, I mean... She, she doesn't have do, any tools. She could be, like, they're like, wait, you know how to prevent gangrene? That's wild. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, hey, just don't drink that river water. <laughs> like, that's all she knows. That's the, like, only advantage she offers. That's it. <laughs> it's just, it's. I think it's just that she's a little bit better at being clean. <laughs> That's it, but like, how is that a show? I'm sorry, like, that's just like you don't really offer any strategy. Not in war, anyway. Like when it comes down to an emergency room, like, it, yeah, it's great if you know how to treat like a a leg that's been blown off and is bleeding everywhere. But like, but you don't have any of the tools you had in the 1920s that made medicine any like any degree better than it was fair. back then. Yeah, fair. Anyway, I don't remember what I was talking about beforehand. This just popped into my head and I don't know why and it really pisses me off. <laughs> I lost I lost the train of thought too. What are we talking about? Uh, oh. So he, he basically... Oh, Al is just a soul in a body. Al is a soul in a body. Suit of yeah. army. We don't know how to do um, So the priest, uh, the priest basically says that he's doing all these miracles and like helping these people live prosperously and giving them fruitful lives so that they will be in allegiance to him and that he will, you know, basically they owe him and they'll be his army. <laughs> Uh, he's so making he, a cult. Yeah, he's basically making a cult out of his little church thing, which, uh-oh. <laughs> starting to sense a little theme here <laughs> about maybe religion. This show is very is, political. Uh, <laughs> religion can be used by people for nefarious reasons. Yes. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> he has a little scuffle with Alphonse and uh, Edward. It's a, it's an alchemy fight. It's real cool. It's revealed that, you know, Edward shows off his metal limbs and he's like, the, the lion abomination tries to attack him. He's like, ha you can't yeah, shoot through my metal arm. And then he kicks it in the face. And it's awesome. <laughs> no, yeah, like, he Father also pulls Cornello. like a staff like up from the sand. There's from the ground. He's able to like just pull up a metal a metal rod and the spear, and it's really cool looking. Yeah. So like the a couple of things that are important happen in this fight. First is like Father Cornello, who had been like denying the philosopher's stone up until now. Thing kind of like shows his hand because he has a chimera, which is um, a- another thing that's like similar to human transmutation, which is like using Animal, alchemy yeah. to put a bunch of animals together that's also pretty taboo and like also really the name of grand admiral Thrawn's ship i'm pretty sure i've said that before but i'm saying Ooh. it again but so like he's like yeah okay whatever yeah i have a i have a philosopher's stone but now you guys are the only ones who know about it so i'm just gonna have my chimera kill you um and then the second is that um edward since something has happened since the accident in which he has learned how to transmute without a circle he just claps his hands and he can do whatever yeah so he doesn't need a transmutation circle. He can just clap and make but whatever. But he still has to obey the laws of alchemy. But yeah, alchemy. he still, yeah. he can't make something out of, he can't make a, like he can't, yeah. Equivalent exchange. Jokes on you, bitch. I am a transmutation circle. My head is constantly swirling with dirty thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> that that fight has always been really funny to me because Edward's like, look, Rose, look at my arm and leg. And she's like disgusted by it or something, or like horrified. And I'm like, yeah. I feel like that's like kind of offensive. Well, this seems like, like a, it's just like a prosthetic. It seems like a very puritanical so... society that they're living in, that's and true. they are very sheltered and very well pampered. So, like the rea- like, and that's kind of her thing is the reality of this world and like the consequences of her wanting this thing. She's gotten everything she's ever wanted. The whole town has to see that like what she wants now is going to have like major consequences. Like, I think that's kind of. It's the, th- the themes of it all, of like the, mm-hmm. everything has to have a price. Life is going to come to collect and you're going to have to pay. 
Um, I also forget that these guys are still children. So like seeing a 15 year old with no arm and leg is kind of jarring and really that's upsetting. That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> well, this 15 year old is about to kick ass, and this Hell priest yeah. is really wanting to kill this 15 year old because he just transmute a fucking minigun just out of thin air. Yeah, He's like, hey, eat this bitch, and he just starts shooting at him with a machine gun. Uh, and Edward like transmutes a giant concrete slab to appear in front of them and shield them from all the bullets but yeah that was a pretty sick fight like i was just like a really great use and establishment of like what these powers are and what they're capable of like right away it just really like set the standard it was a very good standard fight that showed off what is capable uh what can happen yeah with these powers and what it looks it's like when someone's like the breaking first, the rules yeah <clears throat> it was like the first fight in like avatar the last airbender like when uh ang and zuko fought in the water tribe village mm-hmm. and it was just like Nothing crazy really happened there, but those powers that were established there are then used in crazy bonkers way. So yeah, basically, uh, Edward's then imprisoned and is thrown uh, thrown into jail. And <laughs> uh, which There's is also kind like of probably an like Iron exactly Maiden. I'm pretty sure that's be. an Iron Maiden in the corner. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> are it's you not a very throw- good way to imprison someone in an Iron Maiden. It just kills them. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm like, what is the plan here? What are we gonna do with Ed? Oh, he's gonna be dead. Scary. He's going to be dead. Uh, but basically, Alphonse finds a way to help. Not like to break him out, but he doesn't break him out right away. He <laughs> actually, they plant a microphone in the uh, jail cell where Edward's being held. And they get the priest to confess over a loudspeaker to the entire town that he's using them to create a cult. And a little army that he's going to use to conquer the entire continent mm-hmm. uh, at some point in the future. And everyone's like, hey, we're not okay with that. We thought <laughs> you were just a good godly man. We don't want to fight for you. Yeah. Like, not yet anyway. We would have gotten there, but like, come on. Don't, don't, don't do that. When you say it like when that. When you put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, you know, kind of turn on him and, and he's not really uh, in favor with the people anymore. Edward breaks out of prison and uh, tries to take the Philosopher's Stone from him and strip him of his power. But once he goes to do that, it corrupts him and it corrupts the priest and like starts transforming his arm into this crazy metallic, like it's like it has robot parts coming out of it. Yeah, it like fuses and, like, with the minigun that he tried to Yeah, make. yeah, exactly. And so you're like, oh shoot, like he's having some consequences. And then the Philosopher's Stone breaks mm-hmm. and Edward says that it's a fake, that it, was, it wasn't real. So basically the end of this episode is sort of them you know, moving on from the town, kind of leaving it in a not better, but still they're, they're not going to get everything they want now. And like, now they're all like kind of fucked when it comes to resources and stuff. But ideologically, they're all much better off. <laughs> it's like, Hey, you're free. Uh, okay. Bye. Good luck with food and water and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now they have to like, we are in the middle of the desert. Like where are we going to go? Yeah. Um, and also we hear, uh, uh, there are two people that are talking to, uh, father Cornello, which are lust and gluttony. So, you know, representation of the, of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. I know from just my, my talks with you that they are the homunculi, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't really know that yet in this. We're they're, just they're like, not really, who are they? Yeah, Why are they're they just called so... lust and gluttony yeah. in here. Uh, lust is a sexy lady. Uh, she's got big boobies, and gluttony has also big boobies because he's fat. Yeah. <laughs> and he eats people. And he eats people. He ate, He eats Father Cornello, but then also he's back at the end? I don't know. That's You're going to have to explain that to me. So the episode ends with uh, Father Cornello getting eaten by gluttony, mm-hmm. uh, and then he's back again? Yeah, so... So what's they, up with that? Like, he comes back, and he's like, oh, I'm back, everyone. Like, don't worry, I'm here. Like, I'm going to save you or whatever. He starts talking to everyone again, and they're like, oh, Father Cornello, we're so happy you're here. Like, there was an imposter or something they were saying. 
They're like, we don't know who that was, but like now that you're here, like we're 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 good again. Mm-hmm. We're gonna rebuild. So, so who was that at the end? Was that so? That's him? another. That's another homunculi. That's envy. It's another. That's envy. So envy has the ability to change their appearance into whatever. So oh, there's one line okay. that it's like a blink and you miss it kind of thing, but it's the it's the new Father Cornello who had the whole like I was traveling, but it seems that like there was a like an imposter here here while I was gone. That's so weird. Um, and that's how they lie to get whatever. Um, but then Envy is doing the Father Cornello thing. And then like Lust and Gluttony are like up on a balcony or whatever. And then Lust is like, sorry, Envy, you're going to have to keep up that appearance for a bit. So it's Envy. Oh, I, I, I guess and, I didn't catch that. Yeah, there was so, one point at, towards the end of the episode where I started making tea uh, and my kettle was going off. And I, I missed exactly one line and That's i was like probably it. i was like it probably wasn't that important that i missed one line i think that was the line probably wasn't I missed. That important, but i'm confused for some reason but yeah that was probably the one yeah so it's just envy so the homunculi are clearly invested in keeping up this religious yeah. ruse in this town for whatever reason we don't know yet yes yeah, so the next episode sort of gets into edward and alphonse's backstory we start to realize that uh when they were young their dad left and just sort of up and disappeared and they don't really know where he went he just said he was like traveling yeah um and they're like well he'll come back eventually someday right nope went out for cigarettes and never came back <laughs> you're gonna send him letters and try to find him wherever he is because <laughs> our mom's dead bitch <gasps> spoilers we didn't get there yet we already said that well not at this part because we're backtracking and she's alive again <laughs> okay <laughs> uh so mom's alive dad's there but then he's He's not an absent father we then also see that ed and alphonse are both really gifted alchemists and are able to just pick it up from a very early age and are getting very intuitive so they are uh, stumbling upon some of their dad's books some of his research some of his teachings and like being like oh we're like we're pretty good at this stuff let's pick up on this alchemy thing and become state alchemists well i feel like it's super understated because it like shows them doing their first transmutation and their mom is like when did your dad teach you and they were like no we just read these complex alchemical books on our own and figured it out that way by the way we are five and six years old but and it's we like just learned how to reading read. like a college textbook basically yeah, and being like that was easy that was easy i understand this and i'm i'm working on it and i have completed it and look at me i'm smart it's like insane these two children are so smart <laughs> it's kind of scary <laughs> Um, see that's how you do the child prodigy i mean granted they're being voiced by full adult people but whatever they're the prodigy kids you know like Mm -hmm. they're they're kicking ass and taking names but even edward's like even better than alphonse at least to some degree it seems like so yeah but you know they they're doing these complex transmutations very early on their mom gives them more access to their dad's like study in his library and they just tear it apart like they're they're loving it they're living for every second of it and absorbing as much information as they can uh, flash forward a little bit. Mom's fucking dead. <laughs> she gets sick. She and fucking dies. gets murked uh, by sickness. <laughs> and it's because and it's because she has the side ponytail mom hairstyle. That if you have that hairstyle, oh, that you're means you die. die. Oh man, that's that's rough, buddy. Uh, but she fucking dies. So if you ever see a mom character with that <laughs> hairstyle, just be warned. So so she fucking dies. She's dead as shit. Uh, it's real sad. Everyone's sad. Yeah, but except for Edward, who he is sad, but he's also like, I'm gonna bring her back. I'm gonna bring my mom back, and it's gonna be great. Um, so one night, one fateful night, they found all the ingredients that would like make like the equivalent measurements that would make a human body. Uh, put it all in the transmutation circle, and they also added their own blood. They sliced their hands open a little bit and put some blood in there because they were trying like, to figure out what could be equivalent exchange for a soul. Yeah, which uh, probably. 
nothing. <laughs> Probably another soul. Or, yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> as we'll see. They're like, yeah, no, it's the equivalent of being like, can I have a hundred dollars? I'll give you one dollar for the hundred dollars, because <laughs> it's like here's a little bit of blood for an entire soul. Yeah, it's, it's just really true. funny. It doesn't, for, it doesn't for work. For two kids, so smart. They're the math not doesn't that add smart. Up. The law of equivalent exchange, which we've yeah. talked about. They, you know, they try to perform this ritual, and it doesn't work at all it's we do see it more in detail of what's what's happening we saw like kind of glimpses of it and there's still a lot of mystery and intrigue but basically what happened was alphonse was sucked into uh it just seems like hell i don't really know it just seems like a terrible nether An eye region. opens up and all these little hands come in yeah, and, and just they are, steal his body they're stealing his entire body he's being sucked away they steal uh edward's leg as mm-hmm. well and then it's he's just bleeding from his leg profusely so edward then uses his arm as materials to put alphonse's soul into the suit of a suit of armor that was just in the room and that's the suit of armor that is walking around later with alphonse's soul in it obviously mm-hmm. but yeah like i said to do that though he had to use his arm and he was like they wake up later and they're like what's going on like where's my body what's happening here and edward's like I had to save you. My arm uh, like, I'm sorry, I'm gone. also bleeding out. <laughs> like, please save me now, too. Alphonse looks over into the corner and sees, like, this heaping mass that is their uh, amalgamated, deformed mother that they tried to bring back. Not good. <laughs> Not good Not at all. Great. <laughs> Very traumatizing, honestly. Uh, that's real sad. Uh, so they run back to their house where they meet up with Winry, who's their childhood friend, and the- Panaka, who's Winry's grandmother. Yeah, and they're like, "Please help us." Uh, well, Edward's Alphonse die. is kind of like, "Here's my bleeding brother." So here's my bleeding brother. Stumps. I'm a suit of armor. Don't worry about it. But they're wait, like, oh, wait, "We're very worried about wait, it." Alphonse, is that Alphonse? Alphonse, what? we're very. Why are you armor? Yeah. <laughs> I'll explain later. Just stop him from bleeding. God. So they do that. Priorities. Uh, they do, they do stop the bleeding, and uh, it just so happens that they're, like, the best automail fucking... Engineers ever. Engineers in the fucking universe. It just just so happens, so conveniently. So he's like, hey, can you make me an arm and a leg? And yeah, so they make like, him an yeah, arm sure, and a leg. Yeah, sure, no big deal. Yeah. I wonder what it cost him. An arm and a leg. Ha. Ha ha. I mean, for sure, I feel like the concept start, like, started off like that. Like, the author was just like... You know when ha. people are like, oh, it cost me an arm and a leg? What if it literally did? And then just ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, while he's recovering, though, uh, Colonel Roy Mustang, who is... He just lets himself into that. Lieutenant, <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Roy Mustang, right? Yeah. With the not fascist, fascist army? Yeah. <laughs> the Amestrian. It's a militaristic government. <clears throat> the leader of the country is the Fuhrer. Ah, well, you know, at least it's laid out for you. <laughs> you know, it's right there. <laughs> at least you know. <laughs> this show is, well, the 2003 one isn't that political because it kind of goes down a weird route. But the 2009 is like very just like, guess what? Here's some politics. Uh, so Colonel Roy Mustang, Lieutenant Colonel Roy Mustang comes in. He's like, hey, your your kids are really good at alchemy, even though they both almost just fucking died. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want him in the army, and, and they're like, "Get out of here, Roy Mustang! We don't want to talk to you." And he's like, oh, like "Okay, this is a, I'll come back later, though. I'm child. gonna get him. I'm gonna get him." Yeah. 
I'm like, oh, yeah, probably. So yeah, that's basically our introduction to Colonel Roy Mustang, mm-hmm. sort of what he is, what his deal is. He's an army recruiter of alchemists, and he's real good at his job. Well, he's not really. He's not a recruiter. He's like a... He's a He's not the recruiter, but he's just like, ah, I'm the guy in charge. But yeah, I, yeah, so... I don't actually he's know He's the guy he in the chair. He's at, he's He works at Eastern Command at this point. Yeah, so he came to Resinbull where they are because he had found one of their letters that they had tried to send to their dad because they were trying to get him to come home because mom their mom was dying um and he's really interested in their dad who's von hohenheim and so he's trying to locate him but when he came and found the whole edward and al situation he was like okay von hohenheim can wait i'm interested in you guys like you're crazy talented anyway so uh so yeah so that's kind of like the whole episode in a nutshell we just kind of learned a little bit of like how alphonse was put into the suit of armor why edward lost an arm and a leg in this uh in this transmutation that's the backstory. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to get back into it a little bit more. I'm going to skip over one episode because, like you said, it was it was a little bit of filler. Uh, and basically, there's a train heist that's happening. We love train heists. We love a physical representation of a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what all trains are. That's what all trains are, like, in media. Whatever. It's like, it is, it's this in, inescapable moving time bomb, you know? That's what trains are meant to be. Like, think of, like, Spider-Man. Think of, like... What is it? Uh, the one Snowpiercer. Like, like the train is always a representation Demon for Slayer something. Demon Slayer Mugen Train. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> I'll make you watch means. it one day. I don't know what that means. Yeah. So basically, we're on this train. Edward and Alphonse are like told by Colonel Mustang to get on an early train. Uh, for some reason, they don't really know why, but it's very clear that Mustang has an ulterior motive for them being on this train. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out that's the train that uh the general is on. A general for the army. Yeah, General Hakuro. General Hakuro for the weird army that I'm not even entirely sure what they're made up of or what their deal is yet. But whatever the country is. <laughs> Amestris. Amestris. The Amestrian military. military. Yes. That's the one. I said it at this exact same time you did, which means that I knew that already. There you go. And I didn't say it slightly after you, implying that I didn't know it. Right. Off the top of my head. They do have cool uniforms, though. I they like have the cool uniforms. uniforms. <laughs> so this general uh, is like, haha, I'm out here like in the middle of you know out in the open like i'm taking risks no one else does this look at how great i am i have the best security team in the world i'm not even worried i'm traveling with my family i'm traveling with my family my two kids and my wife it's the life's great uh-oh hijacking on the train uh so these terrorists come out terrorist leader bald uh is literally his name his name is bald but he has a lot of hair it's very confusing (laughs) (laughs) he also has a mustache like he has extra hair yeah uh, he decides to take over the train and he's going to send a message to the government that they don't want no interference in their lives. Yeah. They want to live independently of the government. Fuck you. Basically, one of their guys got captured and they're trying to take the Yeah, so they're like, like they're capturing hostage. this general to like... Uh, make a trade. D- make a prisoner exchange at the train station that the train is going to. Like, the, It's basically like the Grand Central of, of mm-hmm. this world. And it just so happens that, oh, since they took the earlier train, Edward and Alphonse are on here now. Uh, and they're just able to basically take care of these dudes like no problem. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna, I'm gonna fast forward this. A yeah. Bit. Uh, they take them all out like very easily and save the general. And it turns out that this was all just sort of uh, a game that was set up by Roy Mustang. He doesn't. He says that he didn't do it on purpose, but like he wasn't he like 100 percent sure that something was going to go wrong. But he was yeah. like, in the event that it does, and like this they is gonna would, work out. They in our will, favor. knowing these boys, they will intervene, and it'll work out fine. It'll work out fine. 
Like, it was the best security you could have put on this situation. Uh, and also, it's going to work out fine for Roy Mustang, because as we learn, this act of heroism and, like, you know, obvious competence... Reflects well on him. Refre- reflects well on him. But it allows them to take this exam that would uh, get them into the army and basically under Roy Mustang's wing. Yeah, allow them to be state alchemists. Yeah, uh, which is awesome for mm-hmm. them, because that's what they want. What they they want to be state alchemists. That's their end goal. Uh, yeah, it was a real great time. There was a great scene in there where <laughs> they're like, all right, Al, you go in there and you take out those guys. You clear that car. He's like, okay. And he just opens the door and he goes, hi. And then they just start shooting him with guns and then they just shoot themselves in the legs. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, wait, you need to stop. Like, and then so, they start don't, shooting. Don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. And then he starts, anyways, he starts blasting. And then it ricochets. And ricochets off and hits him in the leg. And he's like, I told you to stop. I and tried it just to happens. warn you. It keeps happening. Oh, that was really good. That was really, really good. All of the, yeah, this one, like, 2003 is, like, a lot sillier and has a lot more jokes, not to say that 2009 does, but there's just, like, all these little, like, one of my favorite, it's in the episode that we skipped over, but some, but there's the recurring joke that Ed is short, because he is, and then he, like, blows it out of proportion, they're like, this shorty, and he's like, how are you calling a little flea that he was so small you could step on him and kill him, and it's like, he, like, he, like, adds (laughs) to it, and everyone's like, there's like, I didn't, I never said that. But um, there's the one girl who's like, this pipsqueak in his trash can. And, and, and Alphonse is like, a trash can? <laughs> he, like, gets so because offended. Because they're still teenagers. Like, they take everything personally. I know. It's just so fun. Oh, my God. This ha- this doesn't happen until... It's not a spoiler. But this doesn't happen until, like, way later in the um, 2009 anime. But, like, you know, like, on the top of the helmet, it has, like, the yeah. little, like, hair things that are sticking it's out. It's like a samurai thing. It looks, like. It looks like a samurai suit of armor, like yeah. a robot samurai. Like a silver samurai from Wolverine. Ooh. Or the Wolverine. Mm. But so something happens in the 2009 anime where it, like, it gets, the hair gets caught in something and then they have to like cut it and he like puts his head back on basically and he's looking in a mirror and he's like, my hair. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, sir, there are bigger things to worry about. Also, you're a robot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I really liked this this anime a lot. I would describe it, uh, it reminded me a lot of Diablo. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played the Diablo games. I haven't. But uh, it's kind of, it's basically set in this world where like everyone kind of has their like religious ideals and stuff like that. And it's, their society is based around like churches and bishops and priests and stuff like that. And like, who are like, basically like the town mayor, you know? Hmm. Um, I guess maybe only the first two episodes really felt like Diablo because the rest does seem to be more of like a industrial military. Yeah. Like setting. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like just the whole like vilification vilification. Is that a word? Yeah, that's a word. Okay. The vilification of like the church a little bit Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, basically certain people's powers being portrayed as like satanic and demonic and stuff like that. I was like, this is just really cool. I really like that world. It felt like a, a kind of Castlevania e too, you know. Um, so I really dig it. I just I dug that that world, that vibe, that um, style that it was getting out there. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in stuff like that, like good stuff. Also, kind of vilifying this, you know, corrupt government that's ruling everything. Like obviously, that's so similar to like Star Wars too. You know, it does really feel like this is sort of taking place in like the republic times where it's like yeah like we try and, and like it's kind of perceived as good right now but as time goes on we're gonna start to realize that ooh, maybe things aren't as hunky-dory as we thought maybe there is a little bit of fascism in here and i'm sure there's going to be a moment in the anime at some point down the line where there's a switch that's flipped and it's just going to go hardcore fascism am i right in assuming this i feel like it's got to happen right 
I mean, it's just kind of thinly veiled fascism the entire time. <laughs> um, I no, I mean, I agree with you. It's kind of similar to. I feel like the way that it's different from Star Wars, though, in that in Star Wars it's very black and white. Oh, he's also got a robot hand. He does. He does also have a, <laughs> a robot hand. Um, it is very black and white. It's very black and white in Star Wars, and in in Full Metal Alchemist, most of the perspective is coming from people who are in the military. Because they see that as their best opportunity to fix the problems in the world. So there's like Edward, who's like, I'm going to be a state alchemist as a 12 year old. And everyone's like, dude, you know that if you become a state alchemist, you're literally going to be in the military. And if the government is like, hey, we want you to go here and like murder all these people, you're going to have to. And he's like, well, yeah, but I'm not happy about it. (laughs) It's just a means to an end where he's like, I need access to the stuff that only the military allows access to so that I can like meet my own goals and then how those goals shift in in terms of the greater good um and it's the same thing that we learn as like i don't want to spoil too much about mustang but like he's um a war criminal but yeah he he, well he zapped the the bald terrorist he's the fire guy (laughs) yeah Um, he uh and I don't. Did that kill him? No, it didn't. Uh, it didn't look like it did, but no, he was, yeah, because he was like, talking. I to held him. back. Yeah, I just yeah. gave you like second degree burns all over your body, bitch. <laughs> a lot he of does not seem like a good guy. I have a lot of feelings about Roy Mustang. You'll learn more, but it's like, yeah, basically, it's like we like meet all of these characters that are part of the military, and it's very clear that like the way the country is being run is like not great. Um, but they're like the stormtroopers though they're like the stormtroopers it's like the whole finn arc in episode seven where he's like i have to go kill all these civilians like why right but it's like as if it's it's as if finn had like stayed at a part of the empire and like you like kind of like first order sorry (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) i'm the one who doesn't know anything about star wars so it's fine he stays he stays a part of the first order and like kind of stays in their good graces a little bit just so that he can continue like working towards his own goals and then eventually like once there's like a turning point he's able to like kind of use the position that he's in within the first order to then help the greater good that yeah. kind of thing that's what that's basically what happens and in you, you in 5 seconds you already wrote a better arc for Finn than JJ Abrams ever could what up <laughs> Well, I didn't write it. Um, the writer of Full Metal Alchemist wrote it. No, you wrote it. So. it. Good job, Molly. Good job. <laughs> um, but I'm so glad that you like it. Yeah, I did. I think that uh, this is one that I'm going to... I want to keep like continue watching it on my own. Um, where does it... In terms of what's the priority of the rewatch, where does this rank now with everything else? I think this just jumped up to the top for me. Oh, shit. I think that I would put off watching Free and Haiku for this. Hell yeah. Because I was just like... Oh man, I'm like I seriously got like just so many like just like what I love about Star Wars and just like the certain things that I do like about the content that that I like were just so present in this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's got the the conflicted hero with the tragic backstory. You know, it's it's like you know who's probably writing a line between good and evil himself. You know, he is like Anakin. He's so much like Anakin. He even looks like Anakin a little bit. Oh no, he at least. He probably looks more like the, this 2D Clone Wars Anakin than he does the real-life Hayden Christensen Anakin. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> I guess they technically both have braids. So there are a couple of fight scenes in these episodes that are really great. Uh, the The train heist all around is, like, it, the train is just such a good metaphor, you know? <laughs> 
like the going up on the roof. Like I love that. I love them. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. As the show Archer puts like puts it, you're still on the train. <laughs> like you could just go through the train normally. Like you're still just moving on the train. Going mm-hmm. outside doesn't really give you much like because they can still come up and shoot you. Like right. if anything, it doesn't. It makes less sense to go up on the it roof. Makes you more. Oh, you don't have any benches. Yeah, or there's no cover. <laughs> like don't go on the roof of a train. But I like also it when they do. Also, because he almost falls off. If Hughes didn't save him, he would have fucking died. And the show would have been, been over right there. Uh, but like the turning the cannonball into like uh, the turning the roof of the train into a giant cannonball that he shot at that guy. Uh, he like the water you know, he, from he the funneled tinder. water from the tank into the into the car and like flooded it and flushed all the people out the back uh he turned one of the things in, like one of the doors into a speaker and was like able to talk through it like that's really cool that's really cool stuff mm-hmm. um we also saw more of like the auto mail at play too uh the bald terrorist guy yeah, had another guy little, with yeah he had a fake he had a gun built into his hand he had gun hands mm-hmm. uh and you know Cool prosthetics are just fucking sick, and they're in Star Wars too. They're even in this, which we'll get into. Uh, but yeah, I just I really liked. Um, if you like the cool prosthetics, there are so many more cool prosthetics yeah. all over this place. There was some good hand to hand in the uh, like in the first episode when he was fighting the Chimera and he was fighting the weird bird thing. Like I could tell, like okay, he's got some like hand to hand combat skills that mm-hmm. you know that he can probably combine with his alchemy at some point whole, like, he turned nice his thing. hand into a blade which was fucking sick but he only did that like once he does it a lot more later. but i'm sure he does it more yeah. down the line because that that can come in winry gets mad about maybe. it because that's her precious automail that she made he's yeah, really you can turn it back it's fine it's fine he's just... got calm down Winry. they have a little like scuffle little relationship it's fun yeah she throws wrenches at his head <laughs> um, and he's fine apparently <laughs> So yeah, I, I am so intrigued by the powers here. I want to see them be used more. Um, I, I, I didn't quite get my itch scratched just from these. Not because it, like there wasn't enough or that it wasn't bad. It was just like, ooh. You're just like, I'm excited yeah, to see Yeah, I got a taste more. and I want to see more. Yeah, that's basically it. No, yeah, because... I want to see what's possible. It's I mean, it's like really... It's literally just like taking one thing and turning it into another, which is like endless possibilities, which we already yeah. saw. Because we're like, oh, okay. Like, I see this first episode. I see how alchemy works for ed and al and i understand that there's like some complex something that can happen with human transmutation but like i'm not gonna touch that yet yeah but then but then you meet mustang and you're like wait what he just made fire that's a thing that you can do with alchemy he's the flame alchemist what does that mean like what does that mean about what are the thing like what are all of these different things that people are going to be able to do moving forward but yeah that's full metal alchemist first five episodes uh Mm. i've fuck man i really loved it it was great so good i'm so glad 10 out of 10 i'm like always i'm always down to get more people into full metal alchemist because i just want more people to talk to about it because it's like one of my anime that i've just rewatched over and over and over again and it's kind of just like if you ask me if you ask me like almost anything about full metal alchemist i just have <laughs> i've, or, I've tried asking you a couple questions throughout this discussion and then you just take a second to pause and then go it's a long story. <laughs> that's the thing. It's it's like it's it is such a good story and I really want you to be able to like experience all the twists and turns and spoilers and and like big stuff that happens as they happen so you can yeah. have like a full reaction to it. So that's why I'm trying to be like really careful with anything that I'm giving to you because there are like so many things that are just so much more impactful when you experience them and you're like <gasps> 
Oh my God. Cause I remember, I think there were a lot of things that I like spoiled for myself. Cause like when I was watching the show and something happened, I'm like, well, yeah, but like, I really want you to have like as good as a viewing experience as possible. So that like when something happens, it really is kind of like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I'm just trying to be All careful. Right. <laughs> There's lots that I want. To <laughs> well, while this premiered in 2003, there was something else that was kind of being sprinkled yes. about the 2003 television broadcast waves. And that was the first Clone Wars. 2D animation. We've done a lot of Clone Wars on this show. I want to give a little bit of like backstory and like my own personal experience with it and also just like what its intentions are. I'm not going to talk about like so much the volumes of the seasons or anything. Yeah, no, dude, um, go for it. But yeah, this was um, this was basically released between episodes two and three. Uh, it was kind of meant to just showcase what uh, what ha- what transpired between those two movies because this is the only glimpse we got for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Like there was no, we didn't really see the Clone Wars in their peak in the movies. Like if you really think about it, like there's probably only like two hours of war for the Star Wars talking and in the star wars being the clone wars there's only like two hours of probably movie time that are dedicated to like the clone wars being in full swing for screen time um so which is basically the end of episode two and like the first half of episode three and then when order 66 happens war is kind of over at that point so yeah this is meant to just it it also shows like the progression of the stormtroopers or the clone troopers going from their phase two armor to their phase or their phase one armor to their phase two armor, uh, you know, which phase two obviously resembles a little bit more stormtrooper esque mm-hmm. style. Uh, and yeah. And it's, so it's, and also just meant to like, literally this ends seconds before episode three begins, as I'm sure you got to like the whole series ends like, like right before the end of episode three. And then I was like, Oh wait. <laughs> yeah. Like it's literally the battle of Coruscant yeah. like where they're fighting. Also, we got an explanation uh, to General Grievous's cough, which we'll get into. <laughs> because Mace Windu was yeah. just like, fuck your chest. But yeah, but this was made by uh, the same guy that did like Samurai Jack. He did Powerpuff mm-hmm. Girls. Like he was, this guy was, the director for this, uh, Tartakovsky, was known for creating these like action animated series. So he's really the perfect guy for something like this. But the problem was he dialed up everyone's power levels to an 11 and it shows <laughs> so not long after this came out it was actually like you said like eh, it's not really canon <laughs> because it just uh there is no way that these characters would translate to anything in live action it's just it, it won't work you wouldn't you could never get samuel jackson to do the shit that mace windu does in this series like you couldn't <laughs> even get the 2d one to do it or the 3d one to do it it's 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 insanely bonkers powerful over the top but yeah, but this is also meant to, they were, these are also commercials, you know? They aired, like I said, between shows like on Cartoon Network and or Nickelodeon, somewhere like that. And uh, we're just meant to be like little Star Wars breaks and be like, remember Star Wars? Go out and buy these action figures, please. Get yeah. your movie tickets. Like, movie's coming out soon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, they're, they're basically toy commercials at, right. at the same time, which all Star Wars is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, the 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 setting of the stage we are getting our first glimpse into what the clone wars are what anakin's journey was supposed to be through episodes two and three which turns out kind of similar sort of not really <laughs> maybe maybe who knows we also are introduced to uh th- there are some like 
characters that are created for this show that did stick around and actually came back in the original Clone Wars. One of those being fucking Asajj Ventress, who was awesome. She was such a great character. They her design changed a little bit, but like people just immediately loved her and the idea of her. They that they they brought it back for the the 3D series too. Mm-hmm. She's it's a little bit of a different version, obviously. Right. Um, her lightsabers are the same though. Her lightsabers are the same. They're like little But bendy. I don't think it's implied that like their duel on Yavin 4 ever actually happened. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so like Asajj stuck around. They're like, we got to bring her back. They also kept the voice actor for Obi-Wan. He was just very mm-hmm. popular. So they kept the voice actor He's to come over job. to Clone Wars. They switched the Anakin one. And they got Grey Delisle, Prince Azula, Princess Azula herself to be like literally every female character. <laughs> She's so great. I was though. like, Azula, you're here. You're there. She's everywhere. She was Padme. She's she every fucking where. <laughs> Azula. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but she was like almost every female character. Like it was really funny because I was like, Great Alive, Great Alive, Great Alive. It's Princess Azula. That's because so <laughs> she's the range. We love her. <laughs> she's great. She's so good. Another character that oh. they brought over to Clone Wars, the, uh, the series was. Barris, Barris and Luminara. Uh, yeah, uh, Luminara's Padawan. Well, no, Luminara oh, was, in, was already in. Yeah, but like movies. very briefly, she was like she was like Did in she get a, name, a couple shots. She just her face. Yeah, she she had a name in in the movies. Uh, like she was Luminara and Julie. But this is the first time that we like saw her speak and like do a lot of stuff. Do stuff. Yeah, yeah. Asajj, and Barris, and Obi Wan's voice actor. Oh <laughs> yeah, great, great, great additions to the three D. I'm glad that they. I'm kept glad they kept them around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, when I heard that these were like little three to five minute little snippets that were airing between episodes of other stuff, I was expecting them to be a lot more like, I was expecting like zero continuity. It's just going to be like little glimpses into stuff. But then when I was watching it on Disney Plus, because they like, they like merged it all together. There are technically three seasons. Seasons one and two were the shorter episodes. And then season three had slightly longer, like 12 minute episodes. So they, they had them in like two big episodes on disney plus i was expecting like i was not expecting there to be continuity but then i was watching it and i'm like this honestly is just like a very weirdly edited movie because there is a full continuity and i like couldn't even imagine what it would have been like watching it as it was airing because i don't think a lot of people did i think it really got big from the dvds i know and then having them all stitched together it 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 feels so weird to have because i wasn't even sure where one episode ended and and one began because like the the transitions were super weird and i was like this just feel like i don't know what it would have been like watching it on tv because everything would have would have been like a cliffhanger i guess basically except for like the last episodes of stuff where you're like oh that's the one right before the new movie fun season one and two are like connected a little more um, it starts off where the Republic is attacked, attacking a planet. They're attacking a planet that's run by the droids. They're attacking the a planet that's run by the separatists. Um, there's a whole scuffle where the Chancellor wants to make Anakin like a guy, like in charge of a battalion, and Obi Wan is like, "Oh, I don't think he's ready for that." And then they're like, "Fuck you, we're gonna give it to him anyway." <laughs> Obi Wan's like, "Cool, I guess my opinion just doesn't matter. Have a nice day." <laughs> Oh, um, don't you love that when like your friend asks you for advice and it's like mm-hmm. they really didn't want your advice they just want you to agree with them yeah. <laughs> basically oh um, that's so basically they're what like attacking was. this planet there are a lot of little interludes where it's like literally just a bunch of clones going on like a little recon mission and like attacking the arc some troopers 
That is like one of the coolest e- action Star Wars scenes ever. I loved Ugh. that little episode because it was like I was like, there's like no dialogue except for like one time where they like check in with Obi Wan, and then the rest of it is just them like hop. Like the the clones in this are so hoppy, they like hop all over the place. They're oh, yeah. like so freaking agile, well, and like, I'm the- like, go bitch, go. <laughs> the power levels for the Jedi were like dialed up too, but also for the clones, like the clones are like way more powerful than they should be. Like they're, they're I'm so like, go off. Good. Honestly, it's so great. Um. But so they're attacking this planet. While they're attacking this planet, as you mentioned, we meet Asajj Ventress for the first time. She comes in and you're like, holy shit, that's a badass lady. Um, This whole... I think the setup is that, like, Dooku is looking for some sort of someone to work for him. And so he's, like, watching this arena of a bunch of guys beat each other up. (laughs) And then Ventress comes in and he's like, wow, you're pretty good at masking your presence, but I'm not looking for a spy. And then she's like, okay, bitch. And she goes down and, like, murders everyone wreaks havoc <laughs> and he's like wow that was pretty impressive and she's like well i'm a sith all after all so uh what's up and he's like you you're like you're only trying to be a sith you're not really a sith like show me what oh duke's voice actor too oh yeah man. nice not christopher lee in this i figured <laughs> um so they have a little back and forth um and then asajj ventress impresses dooku enough that he's like okay you could work for me and he gives her some new lightsabers and they're red and i was like harrison's gonna get mad at that because she didn't make her own lightsaber no well this is pre-disney canon though so it's true they were different then (laughs) um but they show making a lightsaber later anyway it's just like a rite of passage to be making lightsabers it is silly when lightsabers are gifted but like luke was gifted a lightsaber you know he made Um, his own later but like It's all about, like, you got to get there eventually. You're mm-hmm. not at your peak until you've made your own lightsaber. Mm-hmm. I think you can be gifted then. Okay. Yeah. So she gets, she she's also, like, a dual wielder, which is fun. Um, so she gets her lightsabers, and then Dooku is like, okay, here's my master. It's, it's uh, you know, Sidious, but it's really Palpatine. Um, he wants you to kill Anakin. And she's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go do that. And Palpatine's like, yeah, she's going to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dooku's like, wow, that was pretty savage of you. And he's like, yeah, she's just a tool for my wicked, whatever, I don't fucking know, my plans. So cut back to the planet, the Separatist planet where they're attacking. Like all the clones are doing their thing. Obi-Wan's doing their thing. And then Anakin is in charge of the people that are attacking up in space because there's a battle going on up there. He's too. the best pilot in the galaxy. I mean, th- there was a lot of cool flying sequences that were pretty neat. And I was like, okay, now I actually believe that he's a good pilot because those are some pretty tight maneuvers, dude. Yeah. Um, and then uh this like i really liked ventress's ship it's like a fan yeah i thought it was it's really cool. cool um so then asajj ventress shows up we don't know that it's her yet but there's like a ship who's like flying around and it catches anakin's attention and basically starts chasing it and that so much so that like it's it's like asajj is just like trying to lure him away from the battle and she goes into hyperspace and Anakin's like, okay, Obi-Wan, I'm going to follow her. And he's like, if you follow her, you're grounded for a week. And he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. Goodbye. <laughs> you're not the boss of me. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan's you're like, you're my supervisor. Obi-Wan's like, why does no one listen to me? <laughs> <laughs> so Anakin follows her to this planet. Um, it, Obi-Wan does send some clones after her to, or after him to like look after him. But um, they arrive on this planet. Asajj Ventress kills r4 yeah but then r4 comes back in revenge of the sith also this isn't canon anymore so r4 is still out there okay. somewhere probably but anyway anakin's like oh wait, no r4 di- died in revenge of the sith what am i talking about r4 r4 dies like i think 
multiple times. I God feel like. dang it! Um, <laughs> anyway, R four dies and, because Ventress kills him, and then Anakin's like, "You're gonna pay for that." And then they fight a lot, and then he, they fight a lot, <laughs> basically. Um, and then does he kill her? Is that him killing her? He throws her off a cliff. I mean, like you don't see a body, and okay, the rules so, of fiction are like right. you don't see a body. Basically, also, they do they do fight on Yavin four, which is. The planet where the rebels uh, have their base of operations in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. So just gonna put that Fun. out there. Really cool. Um, so just yeah, to know that like one day his son will be blowing up his favorite toy from there. <laughs> his favorite toy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Palpatine's like, it's my Here turn to the Death Star. <laughs> I'm giving you this Death Star for your birthday. He's like, yay! Thank you, Master. Wait, Anakin. Mom said it's my turn with the Death Star. <laughs> so they fight anakin wins but it's like he does so by like i think it's implied that he's like reaching onto the dark side because there's lots of like lightning and red like there's like a blood moon behind him and he looks mm-hmm. very like he looks oh, very ominous that shot where he like he's like levitating the red lightsaber that ventress dropped like next to him and he just slowly reaches out and grabs it and starts fighting her and just it. pulls and then his face is just covered in red yeah oh it's so good there was another cool shot before that happens where they're like fighting in a cave they like clash lightsabers and then they're like leaning really close and it's just the lightsabers and then the blue and red light on their face i thought that was a pretty good shot oh that yeah was really nice. oh yeah he totally gives over to the dark side fighting like Ventress. Like it's yeah, so clear. It's like he's sure. away from everything. He's like, I'm he's alone. On no his one else own. will know. No one knows what no he's going to do. What are you talking about? And no so he just know. like also the the lightsaber movements that he uses, he just starts hacking away like brutally. He kind of gives up on like technique and style and is just like, he's just like I'm hitting angry. Ventress's lightsaber so hard that literally the temple they're standing on starts to crumble around them. And it's like it's very similar to like when Luke gave over into the dark side just a little bit in episode six when he was fighting vader in a very similar way where he's just like bringing the lightsaber down as hard as he can on top of her Mm -hmm. anakin returns to the planet after the battle is won and obi-wan's like well thanks for showing up and helping (laughs) but he's like sorry for just like for disobeying you but (laughs) but i won (laughs) but i did it and obi-wan's like whatever dude fuck whatever (laughs) fine (laughs) um and then they get like a distress signal from kiati mundi who's like well from a different guy but like kiati mundi's there um and they're like we're getting attacked like oh my god this is the worst there's a new droid general yeah there's a new droid general we don't want to do and so they then we cut to that planet where there's a bunch of jedi there and then general grievous 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 comes in and just kills a bunch of jedi so that he can take their lightsabers because he like he has a collection you know i'm not a hoarder it's fine and yeah, basically he like kills a bunch of them and a bunch of them get thrown around and then Kiati Mundi is just kind of like holding him off until help comes, which it does. And that chases Grievous off. And then which after is the that, arc troopers from the from the first episode. I didn't know that. Um, so the only ones who survive are Kiati Mundi, um, Shock T, and then the other one, the blue one. Ayla Sakura. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Wait, we didn't talk about the dirge fight, though. Is the the, the Mace giant the giant space worms dude? Oh, dirge! I forgot about that. Okay, I was like completely scared. First of all, okay, wait, I have a lot of th- they these animators just really like just making absolute Dorito men. They're like they just really like making like buff guys that are just like trying. Because <laughs> there's like one episode that's just Kit Fisto. Oh yeah, yeah. 
but they made him so buff. I was like, you know, Kit Fisto's no! buff. But He's I gotta was like, be buff. But he like in, He's so hot. in the live action and the 3D <laughs> stuff, people there's just like a standard model of like triangle men. No, there's like a standard. They just look like a normal person. Oh, no yeah, one yeah, actually yeah. looks like a triangle unless you're on steroids. But like, I guess the Rock kind of does. Sure. Dave um, Batista. Fine. I'm just mean. Chris I just Hemsworth mean like standardly. I, like in the episodes that I have seen of the 3D like Clone Wars, like no one is that buff. Like they gave him like they. They gave Kit Fisto like big titties. Like they like he they made him into a triangle. And I was like, he's so buff and he's swimming on and he's like under he could breathe underwater, I guess. He's a fish man. He's got tentacles. <laughs> I didn't know that that was like a fish man. Anyway, I was like, oh my god. And then they had the like worm guy, but like before we knew he was a worm guy, I was like, here's another big triangle man with big titties. Why do they keep doing this? Dirge. <laughs> They don't ever say his name. I'm like, I don't even know. I'm pretty sure his name is Dirge. Anyway, like Obi Wan like cuts off one of his arms, and then it's like worms inside. And I was like, (laughs) oh, don't you also like uh, this? Does kind of give an explanation to the style of armor and outfits that Obi Wan and Anakin wear in the Clone Wars series? You know, like him like putting on that. Yeah, he had his robes on. But he beginning. has like the white. Yeah, but then once he mounted up on his armor. bikes, yeah. then he like was dressed up as a clone trooper. Yeah. And then when you see him like in uh in Later the series, episodes, yeah. yeah, like he's he's always wearing like this white armor and, like and Anakin armor. has like darker armor too. Yeah. So like it looks like they've meshed their Jedi robes with uh clone armor, which Standard is so armor. cool. It's really fun. I like it. Um you know what? Any outfit that Obi-Wan wears, he works, he rocks it. I also love that it's just a common theme. It happens in the dirge fight and it happens with general grievous which is just the clones just don't waste any time and just start shooting the shit out of anything that comes I mean, yeah in. go off like literally like dirge just pops in through the window and all the clones just unload They're everything like, on him that's clearly a bad guy he's wearing black <laughs> he armor just, he just gets belted with everything and falls down it's so good what did you think was gonna happen buddy you're jumping right into enemy territory it just, it just, it just explodes oh it's yeah. so great or like when they pop in on General Grievous in the middle of a fight with Kit Fisto or with Kiati Mundi. Mm-hmm. And it's like this awkward it's pause like, and they just look at the clones and the clones are looking at him and it cuts back and forth. And then the clones just pull out of their guns and start shooting at and him. And then he has quick. to run away. So it was it's very so effective. Good. They, these clones are so competent. They just shoot the shit out of every bad <laughs> for guy. For once, They're we so love great. it. We love that for them. Sorry, I love I just lo- It makes me laugh every time when Dirge pops in and they just shoot him down It so is. I, I, I think I did laugh at that too because I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, that was very anticlimactic. He's just like a puddle now. <laughs> um, but then he absorbs Obi-Wan nah, and then that leads to more sassy Obi-Wan. pushes him from the inside <laughs> and blows him up. He's like, I'm covered in goo and I hate it. And I'm like, but you're, you used to look great, sweetie. <laughs> Are you a long-haired Obi-Wan or a short-haired Obi-Wan? Long-haired, of course. What? No. Episode 3 Obi-Wan is so much hotter than Episode 2 Obi-Wan. That's episode I mean. 2 Obi-Wan's lower for me. No, that's what I mean. Episode 3, that they both have long hair. What are you talking about? No, Episode 3, he has short hair. His shorter hair. He still has, like... But Episode 2, he has, like, mullet. He has, like, Jesus mullet. Yeah, I'm not as much of a fan of... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm just saying episode three, Obi-Wan all the way. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's episode three, then episode one, then episode two in terms of hotness. And then Clone Wars all the way at the top. (laughs) Even above that. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Clone Wars has turned me into a dirty, rotten Obi-Wan stan. <laughs> and then Alec Guinness is still above number two, though. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I missed a couple of the little, like, more episodic stuff at the beginning just because I was trying to focus on the big picture. But yeah, anyway, Triangle Men. Dorito a lot of Man. Triangle Men. Um, so... They win that fight, and then, like you said, they go and they assist Kit Fisto and the survivors, and they Keati chase. Kiati Mundi. Uh, Mundi, Mundi. Jesus Christ! I, I was Keati reading Mundi. a thing and I saw Kit Fisto. Anyway, they chase off General Grievous, and then it's technically season two, but it's still the same episode on Disney Plus. So whatever. Anyway, <laughs> they chase them away, um, and then they go back to Coruscant, and then the Jedi Council is like, "Hey, Anakin could be a Jedi Master because we kind of need all the help we can get." And then Obi Wan is again hesitant. Or no, he's kind of advocating for him. He's like, he can no, yeah, Obi Wan's Obi Wan's one that suggests it. Oh he, right, they, they okay. Obi Wan suggests it, and they're like, I don't know. And he's like, I, I mean, I mean, we're the whole in a thing war, is... so he's basically already had the all the necessary trials just by like you know existing in a wartime and being my student. So they're like, Which okay, you fine. actually did talk about a little bit on this podcast earlier. You were like, you had like, I think it was like, I was we like what are the, the trials? In the Phantom and Menace like, episode, yeah. They like, they're like, here are the trials. <laughs> There are like five of them, and we're gonna name them. We're not gonna tell you what you do during them, but I still name don't them. know. God, I I need to do more research on these trials and see if there's like Clone Wars arcs. There might be something on Clone Wars that like actually shows what the trials are, mm-hmm. because like they they label them clearly, like trial of the body, of the mind, of the spirit, whatever. So there's probably very clear things as to what they are and like probably, what kind of things they have to face. So we have to figure that out. I'm gonna have to do some digging on that. So he does get knighted. They like knight him and then just like flick the flick of the wrist and then the, the rat tail is gone and then Padme keeps it in a box. <laughs> like, mm. Gross. Are we going back to like Victorian era where like, can I have a lock of your hair was like something romantic and not creepy? <laughs> <laughs> um so anakin's a jedi knight now yay good for him um i just kept getting distracted by the anakin character model because why did they make his chin that big why did they give him such long sideburns that's what i want to know yeah oh yeah so so, like, so now they've like updated their forward. models their yeah character it jumps models forward too. a bit and now they're like they're they're in their episode three appearances like anakin has his long hair and sideburns and a scar on his face and now and he don't gets know where a that scar i'm like Ooh. i still don't know if we know where that came from i'm sure there's some explanation again but from, probably from a book i don't know if it's in oh really yeah. i thought it i thought you knew because he has it in clone wars no I, he has it in clone wars he in, gets the, it in the show oh oh yeah yeah, yeah in the show yeah, yeah. no I, sorry i was thinking about the movie but <sighs> everything is called new names people let's think of some new wait, names wait, i'm googling this hang on this doesn't really make that much sense to me but he got it from a fight with ventress huh yeah it says it was depicted in this series like it came from that fight but i don't remember that no, did that happen mm-hmm. i don't think it did no because it no it happens during like there's like a little bit of a montage after he's knighted like a little mini montage where he like goes to see Padme and she like touches his face and he has a scar now, but it's like not. Yeah. You don't see him getting the scar. I don't think, I don't think that's true. Huh. Weird. Then what, there's two things happening simultaneously. One, Anakin and Obi-Wan are attacking this one planet. That's uh, again, just, they're trying they're to liberate it from the separatists. Yeah. They're doing Jedi things. They're the Jedi we, are spread thin. It's meant to just showcase like how well they work together as a team Yeah, and that they and, are like at their physical jedi peak and right also now. that like dooku and palpatine are like taking advantage of that there's so much to be doing done during the war that all the jedi are spread thin so they're able to like 
take over all of these other planets while the Jedi are distracted. And then that leads up to their plan for the attack on Coruscant. Yep. Which begins happening during this episode. Um, so while Anakin and Obi-Wan are on this one, this Nelvin is the planet. Grievous leads an assault on Coruscant. Basically, the whole thing is just he's trying to capture Palpatine. He's trying to kidnap him. And everyone's just doing their best to make that not happen. Um, and there's like a lot of back and forth fighting. There's a lot of Yoda and Mace Windu fighting a bunch of like flying speeders and droids and such. Um, Shock T being an absolute baddie. Let's fucking go, dude. She but is so good in this, in this, though. She is. Like, she's probably the coolest character. Like, she gets the coolest stuff to do. Second, maybe only to Mace Windu. Maybe. And she's, like, taking on all these droids on her own. And I'm like, girl. Like, Magna Guards. Like, those are, like, elite. Like, like the hard one of ones. them. <laughs> yeah, one of them gave Obi-Wan a problem in episode three. Yeah. Like, and she was taking on, like, eight <laughs> at once. And, and, and then she stole one of their little spear things and is like how about this bitch stab stab how about this though how about this though um but the main story heavy thing that's happening during this episode is they're on this nelvin planet and they get attacked by like a giant huge gigantic rhino thing and then anakin just kills it <laughs> because all giant animals die in star wars yeah <laughs> that's um but then a bunch of native Nelvins come up and they speak, they don't speak the same language as Anakin and Obi-Wan, though Obi-Wan apparently can translate the language that they're speaking. But they were like holding like a ritual for warriors because their warriors keep going missing. And so they were like trying to initiate a new one. But then Anakin interrupted it and it's like, dang, what a jerk. <laughs> so they end up going back to their camp. By the way, I guess this this is as time for the tension as any, but there's <laughs> this episode has like it like it's towards the beginning. It starts off with some like I was like, oh, is this gonna turn into a romance? Because there's like a whole like Anakin's walking through the city and he's being followed by someone, and then he like goes to attack them, but it's Padme, and then they just start making out in an alleyway. Annie. <laughs> And then he's talking about how unfair it is that Jedi can't marry people, which boohoo. That sounds like a you problem. Except Kiati Mundi. Kiati Mundi has a wife? He has like six wives. Oh, good for because him. Because his species is uh, endangered and is like going extinct. So the Jedi Council gave him permission to procreate. Have babies. So he has a lot wow. of kids. I actually think that one of the people he's fighting with in the end of this episode is implied to be like one of the sons. Hmm. But then he dies. But he has like 30 kids, so it's not really that big a deal. One of the Jedi that dies to Grievous in the first fight is literally just Shaggy. His name is Shaggy. It is? It's Shaggy. Yeah. They did that on purpose. (laughs) I was like, Shaggy. It's like S H A A apostrophe, like G I. Oh my God. That's so great. Oh my God. That's. (laughs) <laughs> wow i thought it was just a coincidence no he did that on purpose gen- i love that so much um too bad he's not canon he's dead <laughs> also he's dead and not canon. he got smushed by grief he did oof um but so yeah so he's like it's not fair and and padme is like it's okay like you have other things to focus on like it, like just as long as i like have you that's all that matters and he's like that's fine you look bet like you look good in the dark anyway and i was like anakin <laughs> this is a children's bow, 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 bow. I'm a and then that's immediately followed up by c-3po doing a strip tease like 
What? It's like hormones going around it's for like, everyone. <laughs> in that sequence specifically, like there was some choices made. Like they like so they're making out and then they get caught by c-3po who's like hey what's up and they're like oh wow look like you look different and he's like oh it must be my disguise because i'm wearing a robe with a hood and they're like no like take painted, it off take it painted off. gold now and he's like well yeah i have to be distinguished to be in the presence of a senator and then they're like well let us see it let us see it and he's like in this neighborhood and i'm like don't be don't be like that c-3po but then he like <laughs> slowly removes the robe like like a swimsuit model or something and like sticks his chest out and i'm like why did they make the decision to animate it that way like why are they trying to make c-3po sexy or something like i'm so confused i think we've already decided that we're gonna post it on the instagram yeah molly had a great reaction (laughs) but i was just like are you serious Oh, man. So we're back to... So we're on Planet Melvin. Melvin. This is a planet full of people named Melvin. So they go back to the the village of the Nelvins village. Are the people also called the Nelvins? I'm just going to call them the Nelvins. I don't think it really matters. Um, and they're not canon anymore anyways. So. They ex- they're, blue, they're blue cat people. They're avatar people. They're avatar people. They explain... Or, well, they try to. Obi-Wan is a pretty okay translator. And basically, like, all of their warriors have gone missing. And they, like, have no idea what's going on. And so the elder is, like, doing this ritual. They find out that there's this thing in their culture called a ghost hand. And then Obi-Wan's like, oh, look, Anakin's metal hand could be that, I guess. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, all right, cool. Like, he, so he's going to go and do this ritual for us, right? And then Anakin's like, what? And Obi-Wan's like, yes. So they get paint leeches to paint little patterns on anakin's skin and one of them goes over his scar on his eye and it makes him look like ziggy stardust just a little bit (laughs) and then he's like off into this cave to go and do something so he goes into this cave and he starts hallucinating and the cave paintings start moving and it's basically this whole story about like this ghost hand guy for these people is supposed to be the one who's able to protect them but then the power goes awry and he starts hurting those he cares about around him and i'm like wow that's some pretty good foreshadowing i kind of actually really like this and i think that's cool to show like parallels for anakin's journey because he wants to gain all this power to protect people but then it ends up hurting them in the end yeah it's true um and the animation of the wall paintings was really cool like it's a lot like ice age or brother bear (laughs) oh no or is that what it was is that what i'm thinking of brother bear Bear. oh i'm thinking of brother Bear. no i think it was in ice age maybe it's in both might be in both it's a pretty Um, easy trope and then he's like wow that was trippy and then he just keeps walking in the um cave and he stumbles upon this like power generator and also it happens to be where all the the nelvin warriors have been taken and kidnapped and they've and the fucking become, techno union bitches yeah they've been test subjects they've been like specimens that have been like tested on by these guys which basically turns them into these like grotesque looking like bulging versions of themselves with like metal yeah, they used to be gun hot arms. But no longer they're not hot anymore it's unfortunate for them um, hot or not definitely not definitely not smash or pass hard pass hard pass please. um and um so anakin comes across this he they're taking like the last of the warriors that they had captured and they put him in the tube to start turning him into the ugly thing um anakin isn't i was like anakin you need to be a little speedier you could have at least have this one still be hot but he's but he's not he's not he's He's still turned all all bulbly and stuff um but anakin uh, 
along with the the last guy like he breaks out of his tube and he's like not mind washed yet or whatever so both anakin and him help save the rest of the other well, it's guys the belt things that are on their chest well yeah the guy he doesn't have a yet. belt yet so he sees that the belts are what's controlling all of his brothers all of his friends and so they all break all of the belts sash vests off of the guys and they're all fine and then they all like revolt against um the scientists and they are free and it's great and then they rip off their like metal test arm things and they're like fuck you and you're fuck you dad and then they start shooting them yeah yeah well the techno union people the techno union are bitches we hate them they are they're just corporate overlords yeah that was not cool of them to test on human people yeah they do not humans but whatever they're like people that create the battle droids like they're they have like a big you know uh factory on geonosis they have factories like all over the galaxy um but yeah basically like they're the people that are really like the money people of the separatist movement and they're like mm-hmm. kind of like we want to free trade whatever they're the, they're the corporations that are just like gonna benefit from all the nefarious evil deeds jerks so, we don't like them don't techno like union that. sucks um good thing anakin kills a bunch of them though yeah there you it's go. great love to see that yeah eat the rich Fuck you, Elon Musk. Oh, yeah, Trying to enslave my blue cat avatar people. I'll come out here and force choke you, bitch. <laughs> take that out of context. I want someone to take that out of context. Oh my god. Um anyway, there's like a there's like a kyber crystal type deal thing that's I'm sure it's a the kyber generator. crystal. There, it's always kyber crystals. Yeah. And Anakin like reaches in and crushes it, but he loses his metal hand in the process. It it explodes. It explodes. But then the like that that facility is now like it explodes and also it had been causing like winter to hap like to keep happening on this planet and so like immediately the sun comes out and the ice starts melting and i'm like wow that that's a hot sun are you guys okay uh if it can immediately melt ice like that <laughs> that's insane um but so like it's in, like like they've fixed all the problems on this planet or whatever like obviously not i mean they're all still huge monster abominations monsters and like all of the all of the like people back in the village are kind of like oh and then like one kid is like oh you're my dad (laughs) (laughs) and then that kind of like breaks the ice so people are like okay you are the same you're just kind of hard to look at we can just sit next to each other and have a conversation but i'm not gonna look at you (laughs) I didn't say that. No, I'm, that's, my, that's my brain. I don't you know. You put that in there. I just felt bad for all the wives. <laughs> well, it's not canon anymore, so don't worry. That's true. <laughs> so everything is all fine there, but then we cut back to Coruscant. Again, like they're chasing after um, Palpatine, who he was just trying to give General Grievous a stern talking to, which is so funny. Because like General Grievous like bursts into the room and they're like, oh my god, like Chancellor, step back. And he's like, I got this. And he's like, excuse me, sir. It's very rude to break into someone's house. That's not cool. And I'm like, what are you doing? I know that this, this is all bit? acting. I know that this is all acting, obviously, because you're his employer. He's technically. so fucking powerful. He but would never just, be in any danger there. It's yeah. so funny because he's like being carried around by all these Jedi as if he's helpless, even though he's the one who could just even runs like Shaggy. He yeah. runs like with his hands, like kind of like all the T Rex pose. It's, it's so, so cute. Funny. It's so funny. This act that he's putting on is so funny, and like being this kind of like grandpa character who was like, "Excuse me, young man, it's very rude for you to break into my residence and just disrupt everything like that." Like that's not okay (laughs) um but there's like a big chase which ends up in a lot of jedis dying along the way 
Um, there's cool a cool, things. there's a cool like subway above ground subway fight where oh, like so cool. a bunch of droids get thrown in front of trains, and I love that. Um, and then they're like down in this bunker, which is where Shakti is a badass. She's so good in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, she just has such good moments. Like when she ties Grievous's cape to a train. Yeah, dude. Oh man, that was so fun. Um, but so like they get the chancellor down into the bunker, but then Grievous is hiding in the bunker because he got there somehow. And Shakti gets there a little too late. So like Grievous ties her up with this like shock rope, which Shakti has shock to rope hurt. Shakti. <laughs> um, and then he kidnaps the chancellor and that's the end. And he kills right the other up, two Jedi. Yeah. And he kills the other two Jedi. Well, and then he's trying to run away with the, with the chancellor. Yeah. And then Mace Windu oh, comes yes. up. Oh, yes. Mace Windu comes up, and he's, like, just a little too late, but not too late to be able to, like, just, like, crush the armor that are around the equivalent of General Grievous's ribs. I guess they're really his ribs, because he's, like, yeah. a hybrid. He's a cyborg. Um, So that's what causes him to be a coffee boy. Yep. Uh, cough, also, cough as in, like, Mace not Windu as in, like, the drink. That power, uh, that's a force crush, dude. Force crush. Same technique, same kind of, like, energy style and force emotion necessary for like like i said force choke which is a dark side power mm-hmm. so mace windu did a little not good thing right there mm-hmm. by crushing him it's kind of like it's seen as a cheap shot to do stuff like that right it's like uh like we're I'm gonna playing, fight I'm but to, like, no cutting any limbs off and also <laughs> see you see <laughs> i told you that the family guy references will creep back in when you're watching star wars in the future <laughs> <laughs> shit uh <laughs> also i want to say when you said force crust force crush my mind immediately went to be like i have a force crush on you like i don't know why my mind went to that <laughs> will you be my force boyfriend oh my god yeah <laughs> uh it was no but um but it, it's similar to like I'm, I'm playing through ghost of tsushima right now and mm-hmm. there's a lot of like you know um obviously the jedi are based on samurai and like in this game you're kind of like you're in a desperate position as a samurai like you're one of the last few left on this island so you're like resorting to tactics that were normally like frowned upon as samurai so you're like sneaking in the shadows and like killing people from behind when they can't see you and stuff which when you're a samurai you're supposed to face them head on it's like supposed to be like an honorable thing you're not really supposed to be devious and schemey with your attacks stuff like that so you're like kind of on the outs Mm -hmm. so i think that that's like i don't know it's just a fun way to think about that and see that like you know there are techniques that are forbidden. Like, yes, of course a Jedi could just like crush someone in a fight, but like that's not the way. It's not the way. And the, and like that leads down a path to something else entirely. Mm-hmm. And, you know. I I anyway. Just that a, makes sense. just a fun fun little thing fun I've just parallel. been noticing re, re, like recently, especially like as I level up my character in Ghost of Tsushima. I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna level up my stealth and I'm gonna be a not not good samurai boy. I'm gonna be a sneaky boy. But yeah, that's I probably left out a bunch of little details yeah. there. But that's it basically, the this ends with Anakin story. and Obi Wan getting a call to come to Coruscant, which is where we see Episode Three, and yes. it, Episode Three is them rescuing the Chancellor from General Grievous. Mm-hmm. But of course, all this is no longer canon, and yeah. there's a whole new lead up to the Battle of Coruscant that we'll see and you will eventually experience <laughs> in the future, and it's yeah. gonna be great, and it's gonna be real sad and also amazing, but real mostly sad. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to make you cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm ready. Um, but yeah, I overall, I thought this was really, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I, like I like just cannot imagine what it would have been like watching it like episode by episode and like having 
who knows how like who knows how often these aired like I really don't. I really like, couldn't tell. And like in like what how, order? Like how would and you also like you probably didn't see them in the right order. Like it, it would have been so weird to see them as they were coming out on TV. Like but I think that's why it made so, like they did the DVD release too, like so soon after. Yeah, they were like, this it, is good stuff. It's we have like here. it's a continuity. And like it, if you like saw the last episode only, that'd be like so weird. Like obviously there are some episodes that stand on their own. Like the Kit Fisto episode stands on their own. There's one um, Mace Windu episode where he like takes down this giant ship that keeps like stamping holes in the ground and like making little earthquakes and oh, i it's love like, that i love that moment too when the ship just slowly flies over all the clones and like all the droids just stop shooting and the clones are like what, what the fuck and like even like the first time you're watching it you're like what is this mm-hmm. what is this gonna be why is this thing flying why is it a big deal and it just goes Dunk, just yeah. so fast in like one frame the whole thing just comes down super quickly and sends out a shock wave yeah, like, it just turns shit. the sand into like liquid yeah it's so cool that was also a cute episode because it was like there was like a kid watching the whole thing in like the distance and yeah. then mace window ends up like jumping over to him and then the kid's like do you need some water <laughs> <laughs> and then he leaves Oh, it's um, so good. Yeah, but so there are episodes like that that stand alone but like all the ones that are a part of like the continuity I'd feel like so jarring because like a lot of the like things ended up a lot of the like shorter like little episodes within the episodes ended up like ending on cliffhangers and i would have been like wait where's more story and like if it's like 2003 when like dvr is still trap and you're like i'm just trying to keep up with it like how do you keep track of that as a child and i maybe the point wasn't that it was just that like i don't know but yeah those are just my thoughts on that but i did like I did like a lot of the episodes where it was clear that they were like, we can't spend too much money on this. But so there were a lot of episodes that were just like very little to no dialogue where you were just like following the action, like with the clones that were going through the city and and just had like a couple of check-ins with Obi-Wan. Um, the Kit Fisto episode is completely silent because they're underwater. And yeah, like you were saying, it's clear that the power levels are like off the chain in this because it's like... There were just so many fights where they were happening where I was just like, no one can beat General Grievous. He's just like impossible to beat. Why? Yeah. Like, what are you even trying to do going up against him? They do technically cripple him at the end, you know? Yeah. Um. And then there was just like, there was like ba- like nothing that could stop Mace Windu and there was like nothing that could stop Anakin, basically. They would struggle maybe a little bit with something, but like other than that, they were kind of just like breezing through anything that I mean, they were like, doing. Also, like Shock T is probably more powered up than anyone else. Like on rewatch, I... Yeah, I mean, you see when her struggle. I remembered struggle? it, I was always like, Mace Windu was like so fucking powerful because he's like just punching like an army of droids. That was, but, I like, liked that scene because he was like, I don't need a lightsaber to kick your ass. Yeah, I uh, know. And it's like, what the fuck? I, I would just be like, ow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think upon rewatching it now and revisiting it, I'm like, man, wait, I think it might be Shock T though. Because like not only does she handle like a, a swarm of Magna Guards, which are already like really powered up, like because droids are mindless, like they're mm-hmm. drones. Like, yeah. It's really not that bad, but uh, but with with Shock T like being able to do that and keep up with Grievous twice and not die, and like outlast all the other Jedi that are also fighting Grievous except for Kiati Mundi, like pretty big deal. And she kind of sacrifices herself in the first episode to like give Kiati Mundi uh, an opportunity, right, to strike. It's really good. I th- so I think Shock T actually came out of this as the most powerful character, the MVP. Yeah, 
Also, Yoda just like pulling ships out of the sky. Is, that like, was little... another one where I was like, sir, he's like, with one hand, I have this entire droid battalion just at bay. And then now I'm going to take this tank and I'm going to push it back into a ship along with another tank Then I'm going to close the door. And then I'm going to take that ship and I'm going to push it up into the air into another ship while I'm also still keeping these other droids at bay. <laughs> and I'm like, sir, <laughs> didn't you like nearly here? crap that's your pants trying to, to lift be... an X-Wing in episode five? Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> that's a lot to be keeping track of, buddy. Um... I know that you were in your prime. You're in your prime right now, but still. Like he's he's the most he's overpowered in terms of force, and Shakti's overpowered in terms of combat ability. Mm-hmm. But it's like that was just ridiculous. I did love the whole like it felt like a Gandalf moment, you know, of like the wizard stepping out onto the battlefield and tearing everyone just apart. Being like, actually, guess what? Sit down, bitch. Yeah, so good. But um, overall, like, like how would how did you just enjoy this? Because I was curious before I. I made you watch it, and I was like, you're either really going to like this or you're really going to hate this, and I can't really tell which one it would be. I think I did feel, maybe it was because of the episodes that weren't part of the continuity, because I was just kind of interested in what was happening, but I think I did get a little bored at times. Mm-hmm. I would like check the time and be like, how much is left? <laughs> like, and you're like, oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I actually am going to like defy you. I don't I don't hate it, and I don't love it. Ah, so. darn it, darn it. Oh, well. Um, I liked part of parts of it, though, and it, I think it was an interesting, for what it is, like an interesting look into what happens between the movies before they like really went back on it and then revamped the story and made it better. Yeah. I think it's just the closest thing that like we had to a Star Wars anime prior to Visions. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, oh, you'll probably just like like the way in the medium in which this story is told. No, yeah, like but there really isn't liked, that much. Story, I really liked a lot though. of the shots and a lot of the sequences. Like the Anakin flying sequence is pretty sick. I really liked how jumpy the the clones were because they were like hopping all over <laughs> the place and doing boys. like flips and stuff. Yeah, Shakti, best girl. She really is, though. All the she Dorito, dies so all many the times, though. men. <laughs> more Obi-Wan. I'm always a fan of more Obi-Wan. Oh, wait. I had, like, a... This is, like, completely unrelated. And this is just, like, Star Wars lore uh-huh. brain blast that I had that I was thinking about. Oh, so shit. Are you about I was to watching... blow my mind open right now? No, this is, like, really stupid. Oh, okay. Um, so I was watching the, the fight between Anakin and Asajj Ventress, and it was lightsabers in the rain, which I know you love. I love lightsabers in the rain! But so... Like, if you like lightsabers in the rain... Wait. <laughs> that doesn't... That's not how the lyric goes. <laughs> And lightsabers in the rain. Yeah, yeah there, there you go. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, if you're like fighting on Yavin 4. <laughs> if you have a tall brain like Tatooine. Tiani Mundi. Anyway. Um, so rain on the lightsabers. The water was evaporating as it hits the lightsabers because they're just like plasma, really like white hot, whatever. And so I was like, okay, so. That just like that was like the little little key to like unlock this line of thought. Um, so lightsabers are hot enough to immediately evaporate water, to cauterize wounds, to melt through metal doors and stuff, and cut holes through them. So you you could imagine that there's like an area around the lightsaber while it's on that's pretty hot. Like you'd think if it, it was activated, it's hot, right? Probably, yeah. Like it probably pretty hot. Like like pretty like really hot. So super. So then I was like, okay, so, and this might just be because Han is stupid, but I'm thinking back to, but then again, he uses the lightsaber. So I'm thinking back to Hoth 
Luke is knocked out in the sun, in the snow. Han finds him. They have to stay outside all night to keep and to keep warm. They cut open a tauntaun and then like climb into the tauntaun. But I'm like, why not use the lightsaber as like a campfire kind of situation? Just leave it activated all night, and it's like a source of heat. Well, it might be a thing of like maybe Hans is just dumb and doesn't. But he activates the lightsaber to cut open the tauntaun. So like as soon as he does that, but wouldn't he feel like the that heat? Hot though, like immediately though. You know, I don't. I feel like it wouldn't be like hot enough to support it. Maybe. But I'm just saying, like, if the, if the thing itself... I thought they smelled itself... bad. <sighs> On the outside. <sighs> anyway, I'm just... <laughs> stop, 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 stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> On the outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm like, if you're thinking about something that's that hot, like, I'm I'm thinking of it as if, like, think of you're, like, a, you're, you're a blacksmith and you're forging a sword and it's, like, red hot so that it can, like... Like, if you were to take it, it would be able to, like, slice and melt through a lot of things really easily. And if it just stayed that hot all the time, it would be radiating heat in a pretty, like, big... Like, that's why it's always so hot in blacksmith, like, workshops. Because of all the things that are are heated. I mean, of course, it's because of the hearth, whatever. But I'm just imagining if you, like, took it into another... Like, the the red-hot sword would still be hot. I don't know. I think this is the hill that I'm going to die on. That lightsabers can be their own they can heat source, the, it, and they didn't need to cut open that tauntaun. That'll be that'll be my well, one. Well, the tauntaun is already dead. So I know, but they didn't need to cut it open because it smells bad. <laughs> and I thought they smelled bad. Anyway, that's my one little brain blast that I had. On the outside. <laughs> and I just, I was like, yeah, no, I think I'm going to take this I to my know. grave. There might be an explanation for that. There might be. We'll see. Until someone tells me otherwise. It's also a magic sword, so... You can't... You can't do that whole, like, negating just because it's not real. It doesn't mean we can think it. Shut up, science nerd. (laughs) I thought a lot about this, Harrison. science bitches couldn't make my friend more smarter. (laughs) I thought a lot about this lightsaber physics thing, buddy. You're not gonna fucking negate that. Uh, all right. Well, was, is that is that Clone Wars? That's is that Clone 2D Wars. Clone Wars? Yeah, the micro series, I think, is what they're called. Yeah, that's what it's called. So then. sick. Anyway, well, guys, thank you for taking this trip down memory lane, and we got mm-hmm. to explore some cool. If you want to just see some awesome action and animation, uh, obviously check out Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. Uh, and it's not it's not like the the fighting anime necessarily, but like it's just got really cool use of powers. That's kind of what this theme yeah, is. Yeah, really become. cool magic system. And good magic systems. The good, occasional good fight. Incorporated it's into pretty fighting. Thinky, yeah, though. it's a lot thinky. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you want to see that, check out Full Metal Alchemist. Check out uh, the 2D micro series of Clone Wars on Disney Plus. So fucking cool. Um, but yeah, guys, follow us on Instagram at StarweebsPod to see what we're going to be doing next. Yeah. It's to see Molly's reaction to C-3PO stripping on the streets of Coruscant. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I th- anything else you want to get out there, Molly? Yeah, watch Full Metal Alchemist, please. More people need to get hyped about it. Yeah, if, if everyone could just, you know, develop a, a vocabulary around that, that would make Molly's uh, day-to-day life so much more pleasant. Yeah, I need more than one person. <laughs> I just need more than one person to talk to about it. She needs to stop people in the street and just be like, "Have you seen Full Metal Alchemist?" Like, what like, does that yeah, even mean? Yeah, I have. I've seen. I've seen the 2009 series. And she's like, "No, I meant the first one." I meant both of them. <laughs> seen all of it, and they're like, "Jeez, but I've been told that Brotherhood is better." And it's like, "You were. You've been led astray." She needs, she, that needs to stop happening. You to need her. to it see too much. Uh, like, there's there's this whole <laughs> argument about whether the 2003 one is better or the Brotherhood is better. Both of them together are better. 
if you're if you're only watching one of them that they're they're not going to be at their full potential both of them together is the best viewing experience she's just she's just poking her head out the window and yelling this to the world right yeah. now she's not even talking to me anymore I'm she's completely to my lost neighbors. her mind <laughs> anyone who's interested you've been hearing me watch one piece so you must know oh wait wait we have uh, my oh, update she, okay okay tack it up we're tacking this on at the end right, tack okay. it on the end okay so i just finished the th- uh i fuck i have to go on my anime list because i don't remember how many episodes i watched <laughs> Yeah, okay, I just finished the 30th episode. Nice. So I've made some headway. Um, and I'm excited for the next kind of bit because finally, like, all the episodes up until now have been all of the, like, crew of the Straw Hat Pirates getting together. Like, the, the main five, the first five being Luffy, Zoro, Usopp, uh, Nami, and Sanji getting together. And now they're finally together and they're, well, not not yet because nami ran off whatever they're gonna be they're gonna be together on the ship and they're gonna like start their journey as a pirate crew and i'm very excited to see what's gonna happen next so yeah and this is also this is also the next arc is apparently where it's supposed to get really good and where it hooks people on one piece forever. Whoa. so yeah all right well everyone thank you so much for listening to our podcast yeah, thanks, thank you friends. for tuning in uh all right, we gotta do the send off. We gotta do the send off. Of course, we do. We're All always right. gonna do it. Until next always... time, and may the, the force be with you. Bye. Uh, Google sexy C three PO stripping. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. All right, bye. <laughs>